Hey everyone, this is Jeff from America. Just wanted to let you know that this week's episode, my audio is messed up. Me and Jackie are both sorry and appreciate your understanding with this. We promise we'll be back next week with normal audio quality as per usual and also on time. Thanks so much for everything. See you next week. Enjoy the show. seasons so we've been listening along we just ran through or crawled through the paranormal activity slowly drudged through yes we went through um time portals and the coven and some possessions and maybe possessed girl i just remember seeing in part one there was a possessed girl that never brought back that's the one thing the one dangling threat i'm like whatever and the Death of Hallows. Yes, and we had Deathly Hallows and, and an army of witches. But now, today, we're going to watch a supposed comedy show. Supposed. As you can probably tell from Jeff's choice of words, Jeff did not like this series. I'm going to say I didn't find it funny. I'm absolutely baffled by, and even Raj, when he walked by, he caught some of what we do in the shadows as I was watching it. We've watched it together before, and he just burst out laughing again. And he goes, Jeff didn't laugh at any of this? I'm like, no. He's like, oh, Jeff's dead inside. Yeah. But I swear, I think I chuckled once, maybe twice. I remember me thinking, this one time, wow, it finally kind of got me to laugh. It was weird, like halfway in, so maybe it was like five or six or seven or something. Maybe four. I don't know. But um, we're, we're doing what we do in the shadows. Yes, we are. And I absolutely love this show. It holds up for me. This is my fourth time watching it in the past year, watching season one in the past year, because I just constantly kept on introducing it to my friends. But the way that I can access it is on my cable network or whatever, and it's not really available in Canada otherwise. So I would have to watch it with them. <laughs> for them to be able to watch it and yeah so fourth time watching it this year still held up for me i was still chuckling as i was writing all my notes i love it <laughs> it wasn't a total loss for me it's not like i can say i hated it in every fathom of way it could hate something like i did with a couple of these kind of activity movies there are positive things i'm going to pull out of this that i enjoyed I'm just going to say, with the content we have here, it had a solid maybe four-ish episodes, um, and it was 10 episodes. It just felt like stretched for half hour episodes. It felt like dragged off to me. Which, like, there's a couple episodes where the main plot of that episode, sure, it doesn't really go anywhere further, but a lot of it, it's planting seeds for things that are going to be major plot points in the season, like, towards the end of the season or in the next. So, for me, I, I only appreciate it more upon rewatch, because the first time you watch it, you're like, okay, that, that was a random episode about this thing, and then, or they kept on mentioning this one thing, and I don't know why they were mentioning it constantly throughout this episode, because it never paid off. And then season two comes, and you're like, oh, they constantly mention that because this is a major plot point. Got it. Right, you're gonna fill me in on what those are, because, eh, unless you guys request it, force me to watch it, I guess I won't be watching season two anytime soon, but... There are so many other things we have to force you to watch first, mainly all of Harry Potter. <laughs> There's a clamoring for it, I guess I might. Patreon. Start that Patreon up. Get a GoFundMe, make it your fussy movies. GoFundMe, make the goal. Oh, I'll do that, maybe. That's how that works, right? how those things work? I mean, if the good people are paying for that content, sir, I do suggest that you do it and you not just make it some sort of like multi level marketing scheme where they never get. The, right, uh, if, if you give us $2, plus get two friends to give you $2 each, 
and then you get to keep one of those two dollars, but we kept the other dollar, and then get them to do it, and them to do it, and then you get another fifty quarter when they get two dollars. <laughs> we'll figure it out. We can do it, and I'll send you like a Funko Pop or something. We'll figure. We can do something. <laughs> But anyways, should we dive into this series that you loved so much? Well, we're going to have to eventually. And it's 10 episodes, so, so strap in, guys. We're going to, we might be here a while. Strap in for many pages of notes. A 37-page, um... <laughs> Breakdown of season one, what we do in the shadows. Episode one. I hate Laszlo. Oh, no, I love Laszlo. I hate the other guy. The other man. Yes. I love them all. But anyways, except for Simon the Devious. Fuck you. <laughs> but, okay. So. Is Nick Kroll? Of course he did that. I hate Nick Kroll, sort of. Like, he, it's gotten to the point where I'm not, like, if he was on my screen, I would turn off whatever I was watching. I've gotten better with that. I can stand him now, but I'm just not a Nick Kroll fan. He plays devious jerk asshole to perfection. <laughs> okay, so episode one, titled Pilot, <laughs> it opens with Guillermo, who's saying it's nightfall. He starts explaining that he is a vampire's familiar. He helps his master with all various things. He goes to wake up his master, who is Nandor. And he's sleeping in a coffin. He, like, very dramatically is like, he is risen! And then Nandor, Nandor tries to get out of his coffin. He can't get out of the coffin. So Guillermo comes with, like, a little knife and, like, pries it open for him. And then he once again Vanna Whites and is like, and he has risen! And Nandor then rises very dramatically from the coffin. Guillermo tells him, very cool, master. Then Guillermo says that he's been working for Nandor for ten years, and he thinks that he's planning on turning him into a vampire soon. We then get the theme song, and the theme song is You're Dead, and we see various pictures of our three main vampires, oh sorry, four, because Colin's in there as well, throughout the years, as well as Guillermo as a child, and him dressed up as Antonio Banderas from Interview with a Vampire. <laughs> then we cut to Nandor, who is calling Nadia and Laszlo, the two other vampires that live with him, down to come for a house meeting. He says that they should go into the library so he can read them a letter that came, and Laszlo, like, argues with him about where they read the letter and how it doesn't matter for a while. Which is a valid point. I guess he's really like, no, we have to go into the study or whatever, the library. The library. It's just a formality. <laughs> yeah, and I'm just, I was on Laszlo's side on them, like, just read the letter. <laughs> no, we have to go here because I'm Nandor and I'm annoying for no reason. And I'm useless and I'm pointless. Precisely. Well, Nandor goes into his own history right now and he says he was a ferocious vampire in the Ottoman Empire and we get these cutaways. So, like, the basis of this show is that it's a documentary about vampires. So they have these, like, in the moment interviews where they're describing, you know, what's happening, their previous history, whatever it may be. And while they are describing things, they often cut away to artwork of what they are explaining and the artwork itself is always really funny if you pay attention to it which I love that so. I give you. the artwork was pretty good just picture modern family just way worse do they do artwork? they, just, they do the artwork but they do the everything else interstitial interview parts yeah yeah, I didn't. I've never seen Modern Family. Um, it's good. It's not something I'm like, you have to see it. It's great, but yeah, I, I've like, like seen it. bits and pieces of it. Like I know that it's a documentary or whatever style. I know that basis, but if you like this, I think you might like it. Yeah, it like, humor was math whenever I watched it. It was more well, it was more over the topness than this, but it, had, it also has some, some I guess, um, to not talk about. Too bad about it. Slow burn. No. Hmm. Uh, I don't know. 
every time I watched it, I was just like, mm, none of these characters speak to me, and none of these jokes are funny, but okay. They don't speak to me. Actually, no, one of them does speak to me. Uh, Al Bundy speaks to me. Because he's a grumpy old man. Grumpy old man is my spirit animal, so yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. I'll go with that. Um, so, <laughs> Nander's talking about how in the Ottoman Empire he would have, like, you know, go and destroy villages and pillage, and people would say, no, don't pillage me! And I would say, no, I'm pillaging everyone, you included. <laughs> I was relentless. They would call me Nandor the Relentless, because I just never relent. <laughs> so then, we're into the house meeting, he is talking about errors of hygiene issue, the other night he went downstairs and there was all these half-drunk people, and Laszlo's like, well, who gave them alcohol? And then he's like, no. The people, you had drank half of them and they were just like wandering around. It's very unhygienic. If you, if you start one, finish it before moving on to the next one. Don't drink half and then go on to the next one. Which I think was that in the movie because I remember hearing that somewhere before and I've never seen this. I've never, never seen the movie, but I remember hearing that joke somewhere. It might have been. So, like, a lot of jokes that happen in the movie, they kind of have it somewhere within the series. Like, even the coffin bit from the beginning that was in the movie. So, yeah, they do it again, but I feel like they perfected it this time which is their third time so they had a short film then they had the film then they had the series so i think it's the funniest with the series but so it's kind of like from *Death till dawn where there's a movie and the series and the first season of the series is basically the movie it's like yeah. that yes but like it's completely different characters the series versus the um movie you'll see the characters from the movie uh in one of the episodes of the series so it's within the same universe but it's completely different characters and then they take like some of the bits that were in the movie and repeat them, I think, to a funnier extent. Yeah, one day, well, no, I'm not going to say that, because that, that might make me have to then actually follow through with it, and I, there's already enough I don't want to follow through with. I'm like, we can watch the movie, and then I can see how bad that is compared to this TV show. And then I would have to watch the movie. <laughs> Yes, so uh, Raj and I watched the series first, and then we were like, oh, we loved it so much, let's watch the movie. And we put on the movie, and we actually were really bored by the movie, and turned it off halfway, because we're like, it's a lot of the same jokes, but not done as well. Oh, wow, so I would just, like, not be this one. Alright, because I fell asleep during this, then. But then again, in, in defense of the show... I did watch all 10 episodes in one day. Yes, which is a lot. I split it up between two days, and even I was like, this is a lot. <laughs> and then I fell asleep. Oh, which one is the trial episode? That's what the one I fell asleep on. Um, it was like the seventh. I want to say the seventh episode or so. Or eight. The seventh episode, yeah. Because oh. sixth one is Baron's Night Out. Good memory, Jeff. Yeah, seven. I hated that episode. Oh, God. Baron's Night Out. Jesus Christ, I hated that episode so much. <laughs> so much. That should have been like oh. a short. Like, that episode could have been a short for what happens in that movie. Because there's a, how many times can we see the Baron doing craziness for like 20 minutes? That is fair. But and then you uh, see him doing it, and then they go somewhere else and do the same thing. They go somewhere else and do the same thing. They, like, they do like five. And that's my biggest problem with the show is that they don't leave a joke well enough alone. They do it like four times to make sure you heard it. I'm like, I got it the first time. These other three times, I'm just bored now. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, <laughs> I did that I, I'm like, I, the, that episode sets up so much in the series, though. Okay, whatever. I'm sure um, it does, but like, they could have probably set that up in 10 minutes, in that 20. No, I'm Meanwhile, in the <laughs> house. <laughs> I'll get to that right when we get to that episode, but I'm just saying. Okay, so Nandor is telling them that it's very unhygienic, and then Laszlo and him get into, like, a hissing fight. We cut away to Nadja having an interview, and she's saying, The problem with living with other vampires is the vampires I have chosen to live with. And she's married to one of them, which I thought was a pretty cool idea. I don't see that too much in the vampire films. Like a vampire married couple. I 
agree. I and I love every relationship. It's both hilarious and then also sweet at times. They're cheating or whatever, kind of. She not just more than him, but Lazlo's got a verse to it. I'm sorry, all the pornos. Well, that was a job. It's different, you know. But she, apparently, Najo was not aware of them, so... <laughs> Still a job, you know? Don't shake sex workers, all right? I need you to... Sex workers work, all right? Need you to... Oh, God. Okay, um... <laughs> it's not like he's haunting um, a person all the multiple lifetimes, which that's another issue I have. I'll come to later. Okay. Yes, that is fair, but... That seems to be a little bit more important. She's, she's emotionally and physically cheating. Yeah, like, whereas he's just physically cheating. Yeah, and he's just like, eh, let's draw hot, hot. It's like high art. It's not all these pornos, and apparently we're boring, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> uh, the, the pornos, we'll get there. Okay, so now Dren ends up breaking up their hissing fight by hissing at both of them, and then they agree that they'll just get Sharpie markers and write the date on each one of their victims and the name of whose victim it is. But they have to go get Sharpie markers because they didn't have any and i remember they were yelling at gizmo to kill it so you have to go get these make sure they're permanent that's right race yeah she's like get the good ones the sharpie <laughs> We also get some background on Laszlo and Nadja. Nadja turned Laszlo, and he's saying that he was the most handsome man in his village. Nadja's like, yes, his village was very badly affected by leprosy and plague. He's like, well, I was too, but it was like in a small part. Like... A part that nobody sees, and she's like, I see it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought it was going to be a penis joke, but I don't know if it ends up being one or not, but I don't think so, because it's a big point. I think it's a penis joke. Oh, okay. Yeah, she's like, I have to see it. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, we cut back to their meeting, and Nandor's saying, and now now it's time to read the letter. Guillermo, close the door. And he's like, Master, I already closed him. He's like, close it more. Close it better. <laughs> he like opens it and closes again. <laughs> I love it. So we find out that the letter is from Baron Afanas, and he's coming to visit. Nadja starts explaining that her and the Baron had a very animalistic, like, sexual affair, and it's going to be a little bit awkward for her to be around the Baron in front of Lazo. Lazo then explains the exact same thing using the exact same type of words, saying that he had an affair with the Baron. But his artwork pictures of the affair with the Baron are some of my favorite in this because one of them is a drawing of the Baron just like shitting into his mouth. How did I miss that? It's because uh, it's, it's just like this like cartoon sketch of it, so it's just it's not graphic. It's just it's really funny. I think that must have been before I noticed like the artwork. This is the very beginning. So this is and had noticed the artwork was like related to what they were talking about. I just I don't think I realized it maybe two three episodes in or something. Fair. Yeah. No, this is one of my favorite like where it relates, and he's just shitting into Laszlo's mouth. He's like very animalistic affair. <laughs> so then they start talking about you know planning for the Baron arriving. He's arriving tomorrow they're gonna get a not just like we should get like a black what was it like a black hearse maybe or no a black carriage with like black crocodiles or something uh, a big carriage with black crocodiles yeah and then nandra's like i think that's a little excessive <laughs> and he's like how about a black car then <laughs> no how about a van how about a van can it be black yes it could be black right and he goes again like that right? Yeah. And then they tell Guillermo they also need virgins because they have to have a virgin feast and they all start laughing and then Guillermo starts like laughing along with them and Nandor turns to him with one of my favorite running jokes, vampire only laughing. <laughs> Just like everything Guillermo does. No, vampire only this. You're not a vampire. You can't say this. You can't do this. <laughs> We then get our introduction to Colin Robinson. He's like listening from behind the door, and Nandor's like, "See, Guillermo, you didn't, you didn't close the door properly enough." 
Colin is an energy vampire, which is the most common type of vampire. They just basically bore or annoy you to drain you of all of your energy. Basically pass out from them, from their inane stories, and just yeah. random factoids or whatever this guy, whatever, Colin Robinson does, which I like because they always call him Colin Robinson. Yes, they always use both his names. I find it, his whole entire bit pretty hilarious because it's just like from working so many jobs in customer service <laughs> throughout the years, everybody knows like an energy vampire and then later we meet an emotional vampire and I feel like everyone knows someone like that too. It's just, it's great. Was that part of the movie also? Was that like a running movie joke? Is that, that no, that's brand new for the series. That's I, as... I like that idea. Yeah, no, that's new in the series as far as I know. I think I, I'm not sure if I mentioned it on the Potter when we were talking earlier that I didn't finish the full movie, so maybe I missed that part, but as far as I know, the energy vampire and emotional vampire is strictly in the series. And the face he makes when he's quote unquote feeding. He's just like mouth the gape, like fangs up, like <laughs> eyes like glow, whatever. Yeah. They like turn bright blue. So Guillermo is going over what his job is, and he's like newspapering the windows, and then he like enacts this thing where he's just like, sunlight, no, why, Guillermo, why? Then turns to the camera and it's like, not on my watch. You talk to Katie from Paranormal Activity on the best ways to newspaper the windows. <laughs> Yeah, him, he should get some uh, tutorials from Anna and Katie. Exactly, we can figure this out. Uh, Toby, maybe Toby could do like a guest spot in season three if they, some, if they do one of those. Well, we do meet a Toby in this one, the werewolf. And it's not Toby, Toby. Well, fine, but anyway. <laughs> I'm gonna get, I'm gonna have an argument later when we get to the Toby part. But then, okay. I'm excited. Okay, Guillermo's also talking about how he has to get rid of all the bodies. He has a bedroom that's underneath the stairs, and then he gives us this whole story of why he became a familiar, why he wants to do this. It's because he wants to turn into a vampire. Ever since he saw Antonio Banderas in uh, Interview with the Vampire, the first Hispanic vampire, he was like, "Oh, I want to be that too." I think he was the first Hispanic, but I can't think of another one, so I'm just gonna go. Yeah, let's just go with it. the first one that Guillermo saw. <laughs> yes. And did he die at <sighs> You know how long it's been since I saw it. I was a child when I watched that movie. <laughs> you were like Kristen Dunst. Oh, I got it. Yeah, I, I was actually a child and my sister Nikki played it for us and it terrified my sister Kristen so much that to this day she just thinks that Tom Cruise is a vampire. <laughs> She's like, no. Tom Cruise just creeps me out. I'm like, that's fair. Tom Cruise should creep you out. <laughs> so she doesn't watch the Mission Impossible movies? Those movies are so cool. No, she doesn't like Tom Cruise at all. The only movie that she'll watch with him is The Outsiders, and I, I agree. I love The Outsiders. That doesn't really count. He's like four in that movie. <laughs> it's before he uh, got his teeth fixed. Exactly. He's a full child in that movie. So she could probably watch also Risky Business, I guess. That is a messed up... Like, I... Because you always just hear about Risky Business, like, growing up outside of the 80s as, like, yeah, Tom Cruise and the, like, white shirt and with the socks and the glasses, right? That's all you ever hear about it. You don't hear that he's running a prostitution ring. I've never actually seen this risky business. That's what it's about. He basically finds a sex worker and like falls in love with her and then decides while his parents are out of town that he's going to run a prostitution ring from his parents' house. So like a brothel? Pretty much. Uh, so it's like milk money. Yeah. But he's like a high schooler. Hmm. 
Well, it's a risky business, so I guess the title fits. Yeah, that movie was messed up. Okay, <laughs> anyway. Fair. Yes, I can see that. Guillermo then uh, tells us where he finds his virgins. He finds them in LARP groups. And this joke made me and my friends laugh so hard, because my one friend, she used to LARP, and LARPers are the kinkiest people you'll ever meet. They're not virgins. If it was just, like, people who play D&D in their mother's basement, sure, they, maybe. They, yeah, they never get out. They never do anything. They're just always in the basement. Fine, I get it. Or even, like, even though I like gaming, too, like, if you just game all day, you don't move. That also I get. But these people get out in public, dressed up, playing a part, doing a thing. Like, it makes more sense for them to not be present than be regular. Yeah, and like the LARP group that she used to be part of, they would like go and camp for a weekend, like in the middle of some like nowhere place. And uh, yeah, so there's like all the orgies and all the <laughs> sex happening there. Yeah, you know what kind of self confidence it takes for you to just to do that and not care? A lot of people don't have that kind of just don't give a fuckness about, about themselves to just go out there and just. Absolutely. She tried to convince me to do it uh, for a while. I, I was considering doing it just because I was like, hmm, an excuse to wear elf ears. My Lord of the Ring nerdness. Hmm, <laughs> maybe. But I never went through with it. Back to the show. Guillermo's infiltrating the LARP group to find some virgins for the feast with the Baron. And like he's showing them pictures of like their ancient battle axes and stuff so that they'll be like, oh, that's so cool. We want to come over to your place. Yeah. This is the part where they go into vampires only like virgins or something where that's like a delicacy. Yes, I think they do explain that here i didn't write out the full notes on that because i was like yeah that's just like a running thing here that just becomes obvious yeah virgin blood is the best kind of blood because it's untainted i guess which you play around with it later which they might have been the time i chuckled now i wonder another one this friend is no longer virgin yes it's a good one right now uh we cut to a scene with nadja and laszlo they're like walking through a park and they're talking about how like people just like discriminate against vampires like they don't like them because of their skin and they're this and whatever and then now she's like and also because we made him like slaughter people yeah this person like in the park tells them to like go back to where they came from because they're dressed like 18th century noble people that are super gothic yeah that's what lasso yells at him and then they decide to eat him so they do and <laughs> then they discuss that they should go have sex after eating and Lazo's like, let's just like get home real quick and like fly home. And not just like, no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna walk. He's like, why would you do that when you can just? And then the running joke of Lazo is that he screams bat at the top of his lungs, and then he turns into a bat and flies away. Uniform bat. <laughs> So he bats off, and then we see uh, Nandor shopping. <laughs> That's what we see first. It's a crepe paper. Yeah, it's, it's like this beautiful shot of Nandor like gliding through the aisles with his very long cloak, and it just like hits home for me every time I see that. I'm like, ah, me when I'm working. <laughs> on a haunted walk, because we all have to wear cloaks when we're on tour, and then people stare at you like you're part of a cult. <laughs> Which is fair. Which is completely fair. And there's been times where I've had, like, I'm like, oh, I forgot to bring my water bottle. I have to run into Max to, like, get a water bottle and then, like, run in in my cloak <laughs> into the store. And everyone's like, uh? So, yes, Nandor is me in his cloak in this shopping center. So he's telling Guillermo that he wants that, like, stuff that sparkles. And he's like, glitter? And he's like, yes, I want the glitter. <laughs> and Guillermo's like, why do you want glitter, master? And he's like, I want to put it all over me, like Twilight. And I feel bad. Not bad. It's a squandered stripper joke, but whatever. They could have had one there. I don't know what it would have been. Sugar joke. That's a stripper joke. It's like a stripper joke in there. There's a stripper joke in there somewhere, but I'm not sure where it is. But with glitter, with like body glitter, there's something there. Yeah, okay. 
I see that. I was gonna say like 90s kids because like you used to be able to buy just a spray can of glitter and I remember that back in the 90s just covering myself in glitter especially hair glitter that was a really big thing. Oh yeah I still can't just I know you still can. So specialized yeah. into like everybody now specific jobs as <laughs> uh, or dance competitions um, or my friend when she went for her uh, bridal consultation for her hair and her makeup <laughs> the guy couldn't do what she was asking and she, he like goes and he grabs this can of glitter and he hears her and, and like under his breath he's just like glitter glitter will fix everything that really happened oh, that's great. that really happened <laughs> that's like something you would hear in a movie that's great that's amazing yes so, anyways, Nandor is uh, in the party supply aisle, I guess, and he's grabbing uh, crepe paper, but he's just like, ooh, creepy paper, <laughs> creepy paper. Crepe paper, creepy, 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 creepy. And then it goes off for like five minutes. <laughs> he's like, double back, creepy paper. <laughs> I'm just like, I can't, I can't, <laughs> I can't. Guillermo picks up a paper skeleton. He's like, what about this, master? It's pretty macabre. And he's like, ugh, and like burns it in Guillermo's hand. It's on fire with magic. Yeah. And then uh, Nander starts explaining that Guillermo's familiar, but like a little too familiar. He's not even that great of a vampire, uh, not a vampire, I'm familiar. And they show him like getting Nander's cloak caught in a door and Nander's trying to like fly off, but he's stuck. And he's like, I don't like saying this in front of him. And then they like pan out and Guillermo's right beside him and then interview and he's like i'm sorry guillermo i don't like saying this in front of you like i know best <laughs> we then cut to nadja stalking this guy in the park and she's saying that it's her long lost love gregor who gets reincarnated throughout the ages and they always find each other uh we get like pictures of gregor apparently in every life he ends up losing his head and so we get a few different artistic renderings of this we then while well, she's continuing to explain her love for gregor and like stalking him in the park oh yeah that's the best thing Okay, so she, like, stalks him from the park home, and then she, like, climbs up the side of his building, and she has this old flash, like, camera, and he's inside his room, jerking it to, like, porn on his phone, and she just takes a picture with the flashlight bulb, and then, like, runs away, and he doesn't see her, but he, like, sees the flash, she's like, what the fuck? He gets up, opens the window, and just stares around. Yeah, so then she, like, compares the picture of him, that she took of him jerking it to, like, the paintings, and she's like, yes, I think this is my Gregor, and in the background, June and Laszlo are having this issue where like he lost his boot and she's like trying to chase him with his boot and she's like Laszlo shut up they decide that they have to find a place to like store the Baron and like the three of them start like walking around the house trying to find the good spot they go to the basement and Nandor's like this is the perfect spot and opens the door it's Colin Robinson's room and he's like ah oh, fuck and they're like why why would you take us down here <laughs> like no yeah and it's like they don't like Colin Robinson no they hate him because he's only type of vampire that can like feed off of other vampires so he <laughs> constantly like bores them and feeds on them so they hate him they should have gone to one unit together or something just i think the house was collins like they came there and like joined colin there like they were from europe collins from america it's his house i think they established that at some point maybe it's in season two i don't remember that i'm like why does he live with them it's, it's like they never want to do anything with him until they need him to do something so they decide that they have to put the baron in the attic and last was like what with the stairmaster, they like will move the stairmaster. They don't move the stairmaster. They then go to pick up the Baron from the shipping yard. Guillermo thinks that he's there for his ten year anniversary and that Guillermo is going to be turned into a vampire. Now, why would Guillermo even think that? Like the, the vampire part, fine, but now like, really, the Baron's going to come for ten year anniversary. No, I don't know. 
I don't know why he thinks that. Uh, they're trying to sign for the shipping, but none of the vampires' fingers register <laughs> on the thing. Yeah, he's like, do you have, like, long fingernails or something? <laughs> I did like one little level. Do you say, do you have a quill? No, I'm not doing a script. <laughs> don't even try. <laughs> doesn't even try. Just, uh, whatever. I do it. Uh, uh, we then, we see them unpacking the Baron's coffin, whatever, into the attic. Then we cut to a scene of, because Nadja's not there with them, helping them do all of this stuff. And they're like, where's Nadja? We cut to a scene of her, she's stalking Gregor again. And she's just, she's calling out to him, woman, man, man. <laughs> And then, like, he turns to look at her, and she's like, ah, my sweet Gregor. And he's like, oh, that, that's not my name. My name's Jeff. Jeff Suckler. And she's like, really? Jisk Suckler? We then cut to a scene. There, Nandor, Laszlo, and Guillermo are waiting in the front hall of the house. They're waiting for the virgins to arrive. And they're asking why they're so late. Guillermo says, they'll be here soon. Fingers crossed. And Nandor's, like, hisses at him. He's like, ah, don't do that. Which I, I really appreciate that, that it's, like, any form of Christianity, including fingers crossed, that it's like, no. They're going to a church. Yeah, but we see what happens there. Um, so the virgins arrive. Guillermo like shows them around. He opens this one door, and there's like the half drunk people, and they're like screaming, trying to get out. And Guillermo's like, "We take our larping very seriously. I wanted just you to see that, to see the commitment." And then like pulls them to keep on walking off somewhere. Nadja and Gregor Jesk are having this very awkward conversation where <laughs> she's telling him about all their past lives together, and she's like, "Do you remember this?" time that we made love so passionately that I cut off your head and then we kept having sex. Or I kept up until I finished, like that. Yeah, and like he's just like, uh, no? And she's like, oh, I want you so much, but I can't have you. But I want you! <laughs> he's just like, there. Yeah, and then she's just like, oh, I must go, and she leaves and he's like, yeah, let me get your number so we can do this again. But she's already batted off and gone. I don't know why he wants her number to do this again. Me neither. And I'm a Jeff, so I'm blessed. So no, 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 no. You don't have the inside scoop of Jeff's? I should, but I don't. I'm so cheated. We then see them opening the Baron's coffin, and there is the whole attic is decorated with that creepy paper. And Anders covered in glitter. He looks like a stripper, yes. He does. <laughs> and not a good stripper, just like that. It's like, uh, it's like, it's like oily, too. It's just like shiny and oily. It just doesn't... Because it's glitter glue that he's put all over his face. That's what it was? I was like... Yeah. We then get the entrance of Doug Jones, creature extraordinaire actor. That's like he's wasted on this show, but whatever. I I mean, I've had a love for Joe Jones for many, many years because he plays the lead gentleman in the Buffy episode Hush, which is one of my favorites. And yeah, he's just been like every creature in every movie ever. Yeah, I, was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna say, um, I don't know, like, I thought he was gonna go Homo sapien, I don't know why. Homo sapien. That wasn't his name in um, Pelton? Oh. Ape sapien, ape sapien. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I my first thought was, you know, the shape of water. It's like four on the list. Maybe I go um, ape, and maybe um, pan's labyrinth. Yeah, I go there. That's why I got pan's labyrinth. Then I guess yeah, and shape of water. Um, hocus pocus. I never saw hocus pocus. You know, in my wheelhouse. What? Never seen hocus pocus. Just okay. Seen... You have not lived. <laughs> it's important to me as a child. I was like. Ah. 
<laughs> it definitely is corny, but it's just like the best of the corny Halloween movies. I love it so much. I think this, I think this is one of our age things, I think. Definitely, thing. because I watched that as a child. That was my favorite Halloween movie because there's like some creepiness to it where it's actually kind of a little bit creepy. I mean, not as an adult, but creepy enough for a child. And I, so I always loved it. My sister was always too scared and would walk away. All right, so Doug Jones enters. He immediately eats June, who is uh, Laszlo and Nacha's familiar. And then Laszlo says, I seem to remember him having genitals. And Nacha says, no, never. That's what made him such a great lover. Laszlo then apologized to the Baron for all of the crepe paper. He's like, I know, it should be human skin. God. And then the Baron is mad at them that they haven't conquered the new world yet. Uh, Laszlo explains that to him about the documentary crew because like he's in the middle of like lecturing them. The Baron stops and he's like, what is with the people and the cameras? Like, what what's happening here? He's like, oh, it's just the documentary group. Pretend they don't exist. It's fine. He says he has to go to bed. And then Nandor is like, this was a complete disaster. At least we have the virgins to like go feast on. And they go downstairs to feast on the virgins. But Colin Robinson has already drained them of all their energy. And now they have no nutri- nutritional value. No, they're, oh, they're going to taste terrible. They're not going to even bother. Then we have a scene where Guillermo's helping Nandor get ready for bed. And Nandor acknowledges that it's uh, his anniversary of his service. It's an important night. And he's like, prepare yourself. So Nandor, he's like, oh yeah, he's like, I have something for you. Prepare yourself. Guillermo unbuttons his collar and closes his eyes and says, I'm ready, master. And then Nandor's like, here you are. He opens his eyes and it's a glitter portrait of Guillermo and Nandor together. And uh, Nandor's like, look, I made you a vampire <laughs> in the portrait. And it's like from the picture of Guillermo wanting to be Antonio Banderas. Yeah, exactly. And he's like, you can put this in your depressing room. Two years of service. Great job. And he's like, ten, ten years of service and Nandor's like 10 years okay <laughs> Guillermo goes and like turns out all of the candles and then he opens up the curtain and considers exposing Nandor to sunlight for a moment but then closes the curtain that's the end of the episode but we get a quick cut of in the Baron's attic a plank falls off of the ceiling exposing a sunbeam and this doesn't come back at all Yes, it does. It does? When does it come back? In the Baron's Night Out episode. We then go on to Council, City Council's episode two. Guillermo is taking them to the LARP group to go get some virgins. They scale the side of the building and they're looking through the window. Nadjo notices that Jenna is being ignored by all of the others and being mistreated by them. And she's, sorry, Nandor and Lazo leave because they're like, this is too depressing. Nadjo's like, be strong, little one. One day they will all be dead and you will shit on all their, do a shit on all of their graves. <laughs> I love her. Um, I just takes a nice liking to, um, to Jenna. Not only yes. is she like being ignored, she's like, that guy, like actively treating her like shit. That's like, actually one guy. Yes, but like all the rest of them are like going along with it. So Nadja feels very bad for Jenna, and she will we'll hear more about that later. And no one's stepping up to help her out. They're all just like letting him do it. <laughs> Nandor gives us a recap about how the Baron is there. He expects them to take over the new world. Nandor says he doesn't remember him ever mentioning it before. And then Nadja is like, oh, yes, I do remember. Uh, he told me like right at the moment of orgasm when we were having sex. He told me, my darling, if you ever make it to the new world, you must subjugate and conquer or something. I forget. I didn't write the exact quote. And she's like, but like, I was right at the point of orgasm. And then Lazo's like, yeah, he has this like annoying habit that like, right when you're about to climax, he tells you some information and they're both just like mimicking what it's like to be at the height of climax and like not understand what someone's saying. What? What are you saying? 
He's just supposed to be paying attention. Like, he won't refuse, he's just supposed to be paying attention, so he won't do it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Kiyomo talks about how the Baron's familiar is creeping everybody out. She's just everywhere and silent and creepy. They then have a meeting and talk about how the Baron wants them to conquer the New World. Does that mean America? Does that mean Staten Island? Does it mean all of North America? And Lazo's like, what the fuck would anyone want with Canada? <laughs> and Nando's like, I hear they have a very, like, prominent uh, beaver trade there. And Guillermo's like, no, that was hundreds of years ago, Master. He's like, shut up, Guillermo. They do, they do make fun of your country, like, a couple times in this. I mean, it's filmed in Toronto, so, yes. So it's not, it's not Staten Island? No, <laughs> it's Toronto. Oh, man. Uh, Colin Robinson is eavesdropping on them, and he says... He knows who they should go talk to to for domination of Staten Island, and it cuts to them on the bus with him. And he's just like talking about no one really talks about what it's like to be a day walker, you know? Because like, let's focus on the walking situation. I can't just turn into a bat. I have to find ways of public transportation and blah blah blah. And then all three of them bat and like exit the bus. He's like, they're never gonna find the right place. And we cut to they're all sitting on top of the bus. <laughs> they just were trying to avoid Colin. Yeah, and poor this guy is still Guillermo. Yes, Guillermo's just stuck with him. Colin Robinson takes them to the city council meeting. Colin himself decides to make a speech because he wants to drain everyone and do a mega feed. He makes a very pointless speech that just is very redundant about zoning laws and him defining zoning laws at the zoning law meeting. <laughs> Meanwhile, while Colin's doing this, we get interviews with the other three vampires saying that they've made a list of changes that they want once the vampires are in charge. Lazlo says he wants construction of a huge opaque dome the size of the city that covers the entire city blocking out all sunlight. Nadra says no noise during the daylight hours. Nandra says all local churches to destroy their crucifixes. Lazlo says a total ban on turtlenecks. Nadra says a vampire only television channel. For me personally my favorite comedy Priest Falling Over. Lazlo says free but compulsory harpsichord concerts every day of the week. Nadra says we would have a nun free zone with a sign that says no nuns. No nuns. None. Commander then goes up to speak at the city council meeting, and he's saying that he will take command of all of them to his subjugation, and the main councilwoman thanks him for his input, but says that this session is only about zoning, so if he would like to return when they have an open session, he can. Commander agrees, and she says that it's in two months. Lazo asks Colin, what is the leader's sign of her name is Barbara? Weakest point. Then he confirms that she is in fact the leader, and Colin says that Barbara is, but Doug Peterson is looking to unseat her in the upcoming election. Nandor and Laszlo begin to plot. Laszlo's saying that he's going to like get in with Barbara, and Nandor's like, oh, I'll, I'll focus on Doug Peterson. And then they're like, where's Nadja? Nadja. We cut to Nadja, and she is bats in and appears behind Jenna in the park. Nadja says that she remembers how it was to feel powerless and disrespected. She was, as a human, a woman with gypsy blood and poor. She was so poor that they would have to burn donkey dung for their fuel, and when they ran out of donkey dung, they would have to burn the donkey. And she says, I know what it is to be mocked and teased, and to cry myself to sleep at night by the light of a burning donkey. She then asks Jenna, are those little dog shits not giving you the deep respect you deserve? And Jenna's like, yeah. Speaking of which, did you know that the actress that plays Jenna is Jonah Hill's sister? <laughs> I found that out the other day. And I'm like, that's hilarious. I, love I was talking about like she looked familiar, but I couldn't place her from anywhere. And that's why, that's why I We then cut to Laszlo, who has gone to Barbara's house. He has not knocked on her door and he's talking
talking to her as she holds her granddaughter being very un like he's unintentionally doing it but he's being super weird and creepy and like being like isn't she just a nice little nibble and like i don't even remember what else he says but he said some really weird things and then he yeah because like he doesn't realize that he's being creepy like he's trying to compliment her and befriend her that's his goal here but he's saying like things that are just not complimentary and creepy <laughs> he offers his help he's like if there's a proverbial stone in your shoe that needs eliminating like let me know and she mentions that the raccoons are getting out of hand she had three of them in her garbage can like this morning or something like that and so he's offering to help but she gets like weirded out with what he says so she ends the conversation but Laszlo gets butt hurt and he's like no I'm the one ending this conversation in fact he hypnotizes her and is like you're not going to remember this conversation at all you won't remember anything we then cut to Nandor and he says that befriending Barbara is a shit plan the better plan is to make Doug Peterson an agent of chaos Peterson destroys Barbara Nandor destroys Peterson and then the council is his which honestly isn't a bad idea I mean in theory until we finally see what actually happens it didn't work out yeah. <laughs> Nandor appears uh, behind Doug Peterson while he's walking his dog and he's like what the nice little bitch on a leash and he's like what just take my money and he's like no no he then glamours him and tells him that tonight before you drift to into slumber you will hear a voice that will command your actions and he's like okay and he's like okay okay great that was easy we then cut back to jenna and nadja and oh yeah nadja's like trying to like pump her up and like whatever and uh jenna asks like is this like a tony rollins unleash the power within kind of thing and nadja's like yes unleash the power yes and the jenna thinks that nadja wants to take her on a sexual journey and she admits to nadja that she's a virgin and nadja's like oh. <laughs> she almost bites her right then and there and then jenna's like so maybe we should like just start with mouth stuff and nadja's like yes yes mouth stuff mm -hmm. and the jenny bites her neck i love jenna through the she's like oh owie wowsy ow uh, and then we cut back to laszlo he goes to talk to a raccoon that's in the trash can but the raccoon bites him and he's like oh fuck all right, I'll have to go about a different way. I, like, overestimated our camaraderie. And then he goes back to the trash can, and he starts playing this, like, flute, and it summons all these raccoons, like, tons of raccoons start showing up. It's a pipe pipe of him, just, like, all of a sudden. Yeah, it's, like, some sort of pipe flute thing. I don't know what it is. We then cut to Nandor, and he's in his house, and he's trying to call out to Doug Peterson. He's like, I call out to you through the ether, Doug Peters Peterson. He has paper ran down, like, in his lap. Peter, Peter. Peterson. Yeah. And then Guillermo comes in the room. He's like, Master, did you call me? And Nandor's like, No, I did not call you. I was calling through the ether. E ether. If I need you, I will call you, but not through the ether, just by regular yelling. He then connects with Doug Peterson. And then we cut to Nadja and Jenna. Nadja gives Jenna a vial. Jenna asks if it's vodka, and Nadja says, It's a special kind of spirit with a spicy kick. I call it my blood. Jenna then drinks, and her eyes immediately turn red like a vampire. And then Nadja bats away and flies off. Next day we see barbara uh, she wakes up and she goes out onto her porch and there's a massive pile of dead raccoons on her porch <laughs> she just screams we count to the city council meeting and she's saying that it was clearly a direct threat maybe it was gang related and last just like it wasn't a threat it was a gift he's like saying this under his breath all of uh, the vampires in, are in the meeting watching this nander then release releases doug peterson on barbara and doug <laughs> says it's a grim portent of the things 
comes to come, if we don't surrender, you ignorant bitch, I will rip your head from your body, and I will hang your entrails from the traffic light on Highland Boulevard, so our new masters will see that only those who submit will survive. Heed my vision before it's too late. I have received a message from a slouching beast in the night, and then security tackles him and starts to drag him away, and he's like fighting and still screaming crazy things. Nadja's criticizing Nander's approach, and Nander says, well, she didn't like help at all. She didn't even help Anne anything. And she's like, I was busy making a new vampire. And Guillermo was immediately like, wait, what? Side eyes. So much side eyes. Yeah. And it's like, nothing. Colin is absolutely loving all the awkwardness of that is happening at this meeting, and he's just like having a mega feed with his like wide open mouth and his eyes glowing. He's loving it. Nander says that they will come up with a new plan, and they get up to leave. Colin says that he can't leave because he can't stand up right now, if you know what he means. Guillermo is like, what was that about a new vampire? We cut to Jenna, and she's in her dorm room, and she says that she is fighting off a very intense flu. And then her roommate says that she thinks it's mono, and Jenna's like, I don't think it's mono! And she's like, projectile vomiting an insane amount. <laughs> and then she turns to the camera, and she's like, ah, end of episode. And then you don't see Jenna for like five episodes. Yeah, we don't see her for a few episodes. Episode three, it's called Werewolf Feud. We open on Laszlo's Toporary Sculptures, the art of bush manipulation, as he says. He has a bush that is in the shape of Anubis, the Egyptian god of death. Shamira, a bunny. His neighbor Sean comes out and he's like saying hi, saying that his wife is a bitch and she kicked him out again. And Laszlo's like, she ought to strangle you to death with your own sphincter muscle. And Sean's like, what did you say? And then Laszlo hypnotizes him to think that he just said, was hilarious and that he should heartily agree with it. Sean laughs and agrees and walks off. <laughs> it was a good one from the Laszlo then says next he will show us the topiary representations of all the vulvas of, sorry, of the vulvas of some of his favorite prostitutes and women that he has loved. We have Polly Nichols from Whitechapel in 1888 to start with. We have Nadja. Then we have Nancy Reagan and then we have his mother. He sniffs his mother's vulva and <laughs> it smells like werewolf piss. He's immediately pissed off and he goes off to find a box of werewolf traps. Uh, we then cut to Colin. He's talking about how he loves mornings because he feeds all day. He starts by annoying Nandor while he's still in his coffin. Then he goes to work. He starts feeding on all his co-workers. Then a new person arrives and he's super excited. He goes off to greet her and she's from Saturday Night Live, right? Yes. Um, I can't remember the actress's name. She played this kind of character a bunch on Saturday Night Live. Yeah, exactly. Her name in this is Evie Russell. She's really sad and pathetic, and she just, like, tells, like, sad stories, and then, like, when Colin says pretty much nothing at all, he's, she's like, oh, it's so nice to hear a kind word. And he's like, I haven't even said a kind word. Please stop crying. Colin gets nothing off of her, and in fact feels a little bit drained himself when he walks away. There's nothing here. I don't know what's going on. This is weird. I can't even figure it out what she is. And then we cut to Nadja. Uh, she's giving us a tour of her and Lazlo's crypt. There's an owl, and she's like, it flew into my head, and I said, kill that fucking bitch, please, Laszlo. And she shows us, like, an armadillo and says that she hopes that her and Laszlo's child, if they were ever to have one, would look like that. My favorite is the goat, where she's just like, I hate this fucking goat. She doesn't want to live deliciously with black, with black Phillip. <laughs> no, she hates witches. She's a vampire. That's right. That's true. It's, oh, man, so she wouldn't get along with Katie from the last one. Oh, man. No. She hears a werewolf. She goes outside, and there's a werewolf in a trap on the lawn. Laszlo denies setting the trap, and all the vampires start carrying him in, and not just complaining why Guillermo's not helping them. Then Guillermo
Guillermo starts treating the, the werewolf, and he asks if he wakes up, will he get killed? And they're like, yeah, probably. <laughs> Vasil then says they should kill it, and Nando sa Nandor says no, that would violate the truce. And then we cut away to an uh, interview scene, and Nandor says, For tens upon tens of years, <laughs> vampire and werewolf communities live in a wary peace because of the truce. He dies, oh, the werewolf, like, wakes up, and he's like, ah, like, why did you have a werewolf? I mean, a trap oh, on your yeah, and they're like, we know you're a dirty werewolf. We saw you scratching and scratching. <laughs> and he like gets up. He's like, it's good that I heal immediately. Except he's clearly not he healing immediately, and he's limping and in a lot of pain. Like, it's, it's, it's so much better now. More better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And then dives out the window. And as he does that, you hear him like shout in the distance, like, ah, oh, my other leg. And he limps away in pain. Colin is at work and he's trying to feed on people, but he can't get anything off anyone. And then one of his colleagues tells him that the new girl told him a really sad story and like that's all he can think about now. Colin then figures out that she's an emotional vampire. They both try to drain the same dude at the same time at the office. Also he realizes like her name Evie is Evie emotional vampire. They both try to drain Biff from the office so uh, I think that this must be Biff from Back to the Future. They both follow him into the bathroom and they're trying to drain him with their various things including my cat has autism I need someone to talk to it about. He then faints and an ambulance comes to pick him up. They end up putting him in the hospital over the so much needing. We cut to Laszlo. He finds three silver bullets, but they don't have a gun. The werewolf pack is back, and they're pissing all over their garden. And then the pack is arguing with each other, and Nadja's like, would you stop crying all over my lawn, please? <laughs> they start facing off uh, Laszlo against the main vampire, and not vampire, main werewolf. And if you notice, he's wearing like an orange puffy jacket, like American werewolf. Nander then appears through smoke on the lawn and stops them. He says that the neighbors are going to notice and then Sean like interrupts and Laszlo glamours him to not notice anything and then they all go inside to read the protocols and Nadja's very upset that dirty dogs are coming in her house. They call like a big squirrel to read the, to find the, the passage for what they need. Yeah, Nando finds like the squirrel and he asks them to wait while he finds the relevant passage. Nadja asks if they're all Indians and they're like no fucking Twilight and get really mad and call them racists because they're like I I mean, technically, I am half Indian, but, like, from India, I don't even think you were talking about that. I think you're talking about Native Americans. Nander then finds the relevant passage, and he says, This was written in 1993, and it states, Should a werewolf pack have a beef with a vampire household, the two groups shall not battle, but elect one amongst them, their strongest fighter. The two fighters will face off in a one-on-one -on -one combat on neutral ground. Just to go back a little Sorry? bit, just to go back a little bit, why would the mm -hmm. vampire, not the vampire, the werewolf, like, oh no, but like, I'm Indian, but like from India, India, India. But they had like a Native American guy there. He was a like Native Canadian or something, just like Saskatchewan, something, blah, blah, blah. No, so that, that, that was Caribbean like, Canadian. Like, He's like, ah, I'm Caribbean Canadian. Saskatoon, motherfucker. That's what it was. And I was like, huh? Okay. I found that photo. I lied. Paul and Evie are now facing off in the office. And I wrote down their entire thing. <laughs> Paul starts with, I like your skirt. You should be careful because mauve attracts bees. And she goes, I was wearing the skirt when my sister got her cancer diagnosis. He says, cancer isn't what usually kills you. It's the treatment. She says, she was killed by a drunk driver. He was my fiance. He says, violence often begins at home. Studies Decade. She says, I've never had a home. He says, remind me to link you to the Slate article on the millennial housing crisis. I don't use email ever since my computer was hacked and my identity was stolen. Hackers featuring Johnny Lee Miller and Petra Stevens is one of the few movies from 1995 that still holds up. I don't think that movie holds up. 
I don't think so either. I was held up at gunpoint while waiting in line to see that movie, but they didn't take any money. They just did it for fun. And then they're both like screaming and straining each other at the same time. We then cut to Nadja and Lazo and Nandor. They're arriving for the werewolf battle and they're like, yeah, I'm ready. And then Lazo's like, for five minutes early. This is where we cut to Colin and Evie. They are collapsed on the floor and they decide that they're going to work together and they start with a cleaning lady who walks by. We cut to Nandor and Guillermo and Nandor's saying, tonight is a good night to die. <laughs> and Guillermo's like, I don't want you to die, master. And he's like, no, not me, the other guy to die. He's like, oh, maybe don't say it like that? Okay. Tonight is a good night for the other guy, not me, to die. The werewolves arrive. Uh, they're meeting on top of the roof of an abandoned circuit city. They decide to choose Toby as their fighter. He's very giant. And, oh yes, I wrote a note. I'm like, Toby, he's back and now he's a werewolf. Alright, here's what can I, I'm gonna go into my rant now about this part. Nandor, okay. Nandor is only, he's an accent, he's a walking accent, as annoying, and his only other trait is how violent he was in life, I suppose, and married to 37 women at once. Why? The only chance he gets to actually show that he was a fighter, and even like, oh, that was like, oh man, this guy with the axe, second to none, is the best, blah, 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 this is that and everything. So it's like, so it kind of gets confirmed, but here it's like he's scared the whole time when um, Toby's changing into a big werewolf. Because I think a werewolf could probably maim you pretty bad compared to a vampire. If he's the relentless, and he realizes he is badassery, you know, he would be, like, wanting to fight, I would suppose. And he's like, oh, no. And then he's like, acting all scared and just, like, nervous and whatever. I think it's been a while since he's had to actually fight anyone, though. I suppose. It's made obvious through their conversations about, like, the Baron and how he wants them to conquer the new world and whatever. Like, they've become soft. And when they go to the club, too, like, all the other vampires are like, oh, this, that, whatever. And, like, I've never heard of them. They're, they've just become very soft in their lives. They aren't cool vampires anymore. You know, I, don't just, I don't know, just like, he's always, that's like his one trait, or not his one trait, like his biggest trait or whatever, is just, like, the one time they had to show it, it just didn't really. I think that he's ingenious in the way that he did. No, 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 he does a great job in doing it, but like, he should maybe he should have just been not scared while doing it, just like, hey, still acting like a badass and then still does the same thing. I feel like him being scared is just very Nandor. <laughs> Which is why I can't stand Nandor. I hate Nandor. <laughs> okay, so Laszlo's saying, you desecrated my Volva garden, namely my mother's Volva, you turned it brown and wizard and you made it look like his sister's vulva. What type of man would endure such an insult from a pack of filthy werewolf scum, says Nadja. We then cut to Colin and Evie. They're at a restaurant and they're just like having this debate with the waiter about if it's fresh meat or not and Colin says that he would prefer if it wasn't and he's upset that it is fresh meat and then she's saying that she has mochazin by proxy and she tells people he's sick so that she feels better and then when he actually gets sick, no one believes him and then the waiter's like, do you want to eat and they're like we're eating right now we cut back to laszlo he's introducing the fight but then one of the werewolves is pissing in the background and he's like oh i'm not gonna talk while your man's pissing and he's like fuck off you racist toby then transforms into a werewolf and they're like how is he doing this it's not even a full moon they're like he just like pictures a moon man he's able to do it he's a very large werewolf and he strips down naked and nandor asks is this supposed to be a naked fight and i just like i don't think so laszlo suggests that uh they just bat off and then nadja asks but what about gizmo and laszlo says who? They choose their weapons. The uh, werewolves specify you can't choose silver. Toby chooses 
teeth and claws, and one of the werewolves yells, oh, he's gonna claw that dildo right off your head, man. He's wearing, like, a, he has, like, a top button. Yeah, a top button that's, like, really, really tall. Nandor chooses a squeaky toy shaped like a bone. He squeaks it and then tosses it over the side of the roof, and Toby jumps after it, so Nandor wins the fight. Okay. So the way he wins is a creative Yes, I, I thought it was really funny. I love it. <sighs> they then bat off, leaving Guillermo alone with the werewolves. As Guillermo walks away, like, carrying all the different weapons that Nandor could have chosen from, but didn't. The werewolf leader asks if they can keep the squeaky bone, and he's like, yeah, sure. And then they're like, okay, everyone spread out and try to find it. Someone steps on it. If someone hears some squeaking, maybe somebody stepped on it or something like that. We then cut to Colin. He's uh, talking about how Evie is really good at what she does. Since I've known her, she's had at least six sets of grandparents die, he says. Then he has to go and break up with her, because he's like, I don't think this relationship's healthy for us. And that's the end of the episode. And then she keeps on feeding on him as, as, as he drinks over it. Yeah, and then she's just like, on the phone, she's like, Hi, I'm so sorry, my boyfriend just broke up with me. Yeah, that's right, I, I'm calling about my dry cleaning. We then go to episode four, Manhattan Nightclub. We open on Jenna. She is looking dead in her dorm room bed. The roommate comes in, and she has medicine for her and she's struggling to pronounce the name for a really long time so she doesn't notice that Jenna's dead and then she looks at her and is like oh shit Siri call 911 and Siri's like I didn't get that <laughs> she's like Siri the ambulance has come they're taking Jenna away with the sheet over her because she's dead and then Jenna wakes up on the gurney and like jumps up and they're like holy shit I thought you said she was dead and he's like yeah I checked three times and she's like oh no I'm fine now um I'm just gonna go and she starts running into the residence so like ma'am you, you were dead and she's like no no I'm fine I'm fine. And they're like, you are definitely not fine. Side note, the residence building that she's running into is my alma mater. It is the Humber Lakeshore campus. That is where she's at. Is it an actual residence building? Yeah. They can't do that to my residence building since it has been torn down. <laughs> True. My residence building was built right by the old psychiatric hospital because that was our campus. Oh, was it? Is it haunted? Campus? Or the psychiatric hospital? Is, is uh, that when they put all the Canadian lunatics or something like they, like they do in the movies? I mean, there were other asylums that were more famous, like the one in Kingston is more famous. Uh, this was the Mimico Asylum. It, like, they still had the cottages that existed, and like so they were like the outhouses all around, and that's where we had our classes in, and apparently if you went down into the basements of that, like all the cottages were connected by the basements, and there was like still shackles on the walls and stuff. Yeah. But, uh, that's, about that. that's more interesting. That's good. Um, sorry. <laughs> Never I'm heard sorry. any stories about hauntings there. Boom. Yeah. Where are we? Oh, yes. Jenna is not dead and she's running into her building. We then cut to Guillermo saying that he was disappointed and heartbroken. He wasn't turned into a vampire, but he knows that if he waits patiently, it will eventually happen because Nandor has been really good to him lately. And then we cut to a scene where Nandor is holding him up and spinning him around so that when he looks in the mirror, it looks like he's flying. <laughs> he's like, woo, I'm a vampire. And Nandor's like, you're not though. Lazlo is saying that they have conquered all of two streets, but he lied. Really, it's only five houses. He's like, oh, so we have this street and that street, I guess. So, the other street is really our street and then part of Mary Street or whatever it was called. Ashley Street. Ashley Street. I knew it was a name. I just didn't know which one it was. Yeah, I was close. I was close on this one. I didn't get the name right, but I knew it was something like that kind of name. I'm very proud of you. Yeah, it should be. <laughs> 
Nadra says they need to join ranks with other vampires to conquer more ground for the sake of the Baron. They then begin discussing Simon the Devious. He was on the same ship as them when they came over from Europe. Nadra used to have fun with him, and like it's alluded to that they had a sexual affair, but Nadra's not coming out and saying it. And Laszlo's kind of looking at her side head, like, what the fuck are you talking about? And he was saying, is Nadra saying that he's now king of Manhattan, the Manhattan vampires, and he managed that at the age of 107. He was very clever, like a boy wonder and Lazo says no he's not that clever and Nadja's like oh really well who's clever then and he's like Stavros the clever and she's like huh he died tripping on his cape at a wooden stake sale at the garden center bad way to go. <laughs> a bad way to go they say Simon's headquarters is a nightclub in Manhattan they used to go all the time in the 20s they wouldn't have to wear capes you had to wear capes everybody wore, wore a cape if you didn't you looked like a right little tart they are getting dressed to go and they tell Nandor that he has to go put on a cape so he goes off to grab a cape. Then Laszlo goes to get his hat. It's made of 100% witch's skin. Simon was always jealous of it, and Nadja tells him not to wear it because it's bloody a bloody stupid hat with a bloody stupid curse on it. Every time he wears it, something terrible happens. And he's like, nonsense! Gizmo likes it, don't you? And Guillermo's just like, it has hair. <laughs> it looks alive. <laughs> he's like, that's because it is. Nadja says that his stupid hat has a curse on it, and she's tried to throw it out many times, but it always comes crawling back, literally. It's because of I do like how we call him Gizmo the whole time, and then he carried him Yeah. Laszlo explains that he acquired this hat while draining the blood of a barbarian hex runner or witch burner. He must have noticed me eyeing it because in his dying breath, he said, Take my hat. It's cool. Yes. It is cool, I thought. And free hat. Nadia says to think of all the things that have happened while he was wearing the hat. The potato famine. <laughs> that time that that horse knocked you over and trampled over you. Then it started making love to you. And Lazo goes, I, I don't consider that a curse. Gamo, oh, this is where Gamo says that it's growing hair. And Lazo says his new familiar likes it. Don't you, Dustin? And the familiar's like, my name's Justin. He's like, yes, have a touch. He moves the hat towards him and Justin falls down and then a bookcase falls on top of him, killing him. Lazo denies that it's the hat. He puts the hat back on and then he falls through the floor and he says, it's still not the hat. Colin asks to join them in Manhattan and Nadred groans. Then we see like the ferry crossing on the Hudson River and the quote-unquote Hudson River, but really Lake Ontario. And then we hear Nando talk, Nandor talking, but we cut, and Guillermo's actually rowing him and Colin across the river instead of them taking the ferry. Nandor's complaining that he's getting his cloak wet. Lazo and Nadja have taken a taxi, and every single thing that is under the moon, not the sun, I guess, because vampires, Nadja is complaining, like, it's the hat's fault. She's like, why are we stuck in traffic, Lazo? Because of the stupid hat. Why does that man on the sidewalk look bored? Because of your stupid hat. I think I've had this conversation with somebody in my in my past, this sounds this, this one hit close to home. It wasn't for a hat. I remember <laughs> somebody, somebody that was gonna hat. say, are you wearing a fedora or a bucket hat? No, I'm not a hat guy, so I don't really wear many hats. Ever. I'm wearing a hat now. Well, not now, now, but I'm wearing it now during pandemic times because I haven't got a haircut in a year and a half. So it's kind of like. Fair enough. Raj has a bucket hat, and I'm super anti-bucket hat. He does not like it. Nandor says that he's nervous to see Simon. In the old days, he would have slaughtered his neighbors, but now he thinks to himself, but then I wouldn't have any neighbors, and what happens if I need something? <laughs> so this is what I mean about how he's become soft. They get into the club by Nandor showing his bangs, and then once they get in there, they notice that nobody's wearing a cape. Colin says everybody looks like Billy Idol. <laughs> Guillermo says that he's gonna go look for the bathroom, and Nandor warns him not to get killed. Laszlo and Nadja are arriving outside from the taxi and Laszlo's cape is stuck in the door and every single time that he adjusts his hat then the taxi driver just drives off dragging him with his cape. And, and this is what I just goes, hat, it's because you're stupid hat. 
yeah. we cut to Guillermo. First, he finds the sex room, and he like takes his glasses and wiggles them up and down to like do like the eyes. <laughs> it's really cute. I find it hilarious. Uh, he then finds the uh, the familiar room, and it's like a back storage room that a couple of people are piled into. One familiar introduces himself as Colby, and he starts introducing all the other familiars. And the only important one you need to know about is Sam. He's a cat. It's important to know about Sam. Yes, Sam comes back in season two. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, I remember seeing Sam again. All right. Guillermo introduces himself as Nandor the Relentless, Relentless's familiar, and Colby's like, Nandor the Relentless of the Upper West Side? And then Guillermo corrects him that that's Nancy the Relentless. No, he's Nandor the Relentless of Staten Island. And Colby's like, oh, cool. I thought it was going to go different than they ended up doing once uh, the guys like, and his boss showed up. <laughs> True. Right now we cut to Nandor. He's trying to make a friend, and Colin walks up and scares them away by talking about how this building used to be for, like, Equian foot care. <laughs> Guillermo is telling Colby that he's been a familiar for 10 years, so he's pretty much an expert, and then asks where the bathroom is, and Colby tells him you're standing in it, and he goes, oh, is that what that is? And they pan to a very wet floor, and Colby explains, no, the bucket's over there. They gave that to us when they thought we were going to unionize. Do you not read the newsletter? And Guillermo's like, there's a newsletter? What? Yeah, Yeah, and he's like, I could give you my email, but then gets interrupted by Colby's masters. They come in, they're two, like, children, and he apparently Apparently plays their father. Yeah, yeah, the kids, they, they stop, so they can stop thinking about stuff, they got to like, their dad. Then he gets all bases, was like, come on, children, come yeah, on, please. Yeah, he's like, defense's voice, he's like, come on, come on, children. Okay, I don't know why it went bad over it on my end, but I, okay. <laughs> uh, hey, it, it works, it all works. <laughs> uh, we cut to Simon the Dubious, who is played by Nick Roll, and he's shooting a flaming arrow, and then catching it, like, reappearing to catch it on the other end. He sees Nadja, and he shoots off an arrow, and ends up shooting someone with it because he's distracted by Nadja and complains because they come up with a man like on laying on a platter of ice and he's still alive and he's like no I ordered blood service five minutes ago you're too late go away so he starts to catch up with Nadja and like the entire time that he's catching up with her he's also nagging her just being like you would be wearing this like oh it's so so Nadja of you to wear this sort of outfit things like that we then cut to there's like some sort of vampire he's trying to eat Guillermo Nando walks up and interrupts and he says that he would rather him not eat him because it's his familiar but he can if he really wants to like if he had his heart set on it he can go ahead Guillermo gets very upset by this and he walks off Nandor and Laszlo are then summoned to join Simon and Nadia oh Simon continues to give them all backwards compliments and it's like clear that he's insulting them but like laughing while he's doing it and they're like ah oh. <laughs> we then cut to Guillermo he's walking away and he's like that's it I'm done I, he's so mad and he's just walking through the streets Simon the Devious decides to introduce his crew he starts listing off like so many different people including mr 50s and the freak sisters which includes somebody that i know erica furness uh she's a friend of my best friend ray i met her through my friend's uh latex line i was there for her photo shoot and for erica was one of the models there that's pretty cool mm-hmm. if you want to check out razor latex i highly recommend it my friend makes some really cool stuff that's the one that did like uh stupid flanders yes exactly she was uh stupid sexy flanders for halloween last year and she made a latex cat suit that was exactly it and she wore the mustache and everything it was it was amazing she made the front page of reddit because it was hilarious see pictures can concur was amazing i'll post on social media after the episode drops um so yeah actually know somebody in the show which was kind of cool
cool. Nice. But yeah, he continues to introduce like so many different people. And then we, our crew, our, our gang of vampires start negotiating with him to like join Ray's because they, they want to conquer all of Staten Island, not Staten Island, sorry. They have to conquer America. So they're like, he's like, okay, so I'll bring all of Manhattan and you'll bring, and they're like, our street and Ashley Street. <laughs> he's like, great, great. Okay. Yeah. So um, let's start the negotiations for that. I want Laszlo's hat. <laughs> and Laszlo's like, no, like, I'm not giving you my hat. And I was just like, just, you don't want the hat. It's a bad hat. You don't, you don't need it. And Simon's like, no, I want this hat. You used to walk around the ship acting like you were so cool that I didn't deserve that hat. I want the fucking hat. So Laszlo gives it and, and he gives Simon the hat. And then Simon asks, oh, wow, what's that puckering at the back of my head? And in unison, Nadja and Laszlo are like, the witch's asshole. <laughs> then Simon immediately kicks them out after getting the hat. And then they're all upset because he doesn't actually join ranks with them. He then shoots off another flaming arrow. We cut to Colin, Nadja, Laszlo, and Nandor. They're very upset and walking outside of the club in the alleyway when the club explodes. And Laszlo says, Darling, I think my hat's probably cursed. <laughs> they then bat off, and Colin's left behind, and he starts, like, running. Nandor appears behind Guillermo, and he asks if he's mad about the vampire who tried to eat him, and then he apologizes and says he'll make it up to him. They then cut to Nandor. He's holding Guillermo as he's flying through the night sky, and Guillermo says, Best night of his life. Nandor says, That's quite sad, but also beautiful. Guillermo asks what that. He thinks it's the Empire State Building, and Nandor goes to point, but he lets go of Guillermo as he goes to point and ends up dropping him. We cut to the hospital, and Guillermo's in a neck brace and an arm brace, and Nandor says he's lucky the trees broke his fall before he landed on top of an abandoned food truck. Uh, he then says, Guillermo, I want you to know that you are my friend. Ugh, that didn't feel right. Forget that. Forget everything I just said, and he hypnotizes him to forget it. Lazo then sees his hat sitting beside a bandaged man, and he takes it, like, being like, Simon, you fucking asshole, I'm taking this back. Ha ha ha. As he puts the hat on, every single time he puts it onto his head, Guillermo flatlines. Yeah. So then he, like, shiftily looks at the camera and doesn't put the hat on and walks away with it. So he likes Gizmo, maybe. I think it's because they don't have their own familiar. They just killed him earlier that night, so they're just like, okay, we need Gizmo. Do they get a permanent one in their season two? Because they get one that dies. They get another one that dies. I don't. I've seen, okay, so I've seen season four, like, four times. I've seen season two once, so I don't remember if they do get a familiar oh they do they do at one point and they really like their familiar and their familiar is Haley Joel Osment ah that's not bad is good I mean yes because vampires are dead I mean shall I spoil because you're not we're watching probably well I'll watch it if our fan wants us to and so I shouldn't spoil it <laughs> if our fan wants us to and they pay through the nose I guess I won't have a choice but so does that mean I should spoil it or not it's up to you like, <laughs> basically uh, he becomes a zombie <laughs> and then no one believes him like no one believes Guillermo as he's like saying that he's definitely a zombie and he keeps trying to eat him and they're like no no he's the best we love Toby and like he was also the worst familiar he never does anything and just makes Guillermo do everything and then as soon as they walk into the room he like jumps up and like knocks Guillermo over and like grabs the feather duster that he was using and things like that and being like yeah I did everything master and his name is Toby maybe there's more Toby's everywhere is that his name in it I can't remember I'm not, I'm not gonna know so I'm just, I'll just go with that yes I'm looking it up I'm gonna go there, yes his name is Topher just like in The Shining his name is Topher in it sorry like Topher Grace from that 70s show yeah his name is Topher Del Monaco in this show so I guess I think they call him Toby though Makes or sense. Toby or something like that the Toby you know. aha 
Yeah, maybe. Anyways, um, okay. Episode five. We're only halfway. We are halfway. We are on animal control. Okay, so we open on Laszlo and Nadia. Uh, they they bat into the scene, and then they're talking about the human they just ate and how great it was. And then Nadia is trying to seduce Laszlo, but Laszlo says that he wants to eat their new neighbor Phil for dessert. And Nadia's like, ugh. And then we cut to Guillermo and Andor. They're playing chess and looking out the window at Nadia and Laszlo bickering and making fun of them. Nandor uh, tells Guillermo that he's not allowed to make fun of the vampires. Then he steers. <laughs> He steals Guillermo's jokes and repeats them. <laughs> Laszlo uh, back into Phil's house, and Nadia uh, pieces out because she's just like, this is boring, bye. And goes to see Jeff. Yes, I think that's where she goes. Okay, yeah. uh, then Phil's girlfriend like comes into the room, so Laszlo turns back into a bat, and then she knocks Laszlo out in bat form. We cut to Guillermo and Andor. They're watching all of this through the window, and they're like, ah, oh no! We then have the credits, and then we cut to Guillermo and Andor and Colin. They're running off to save Laszlo. Meanwhile, Nadja is off to see her sweet Gregor Jesk. <laughs> her human ex-lover. He accidentally got his head cut off in all his past lives, she reminds us, and then she says that he has been reincarnated again in this life, and his name is Jip. Jean? Jinch. Jex. Jish? Jenk? It sounds like Jish. <laughs> and then she says, but no doubt he has been born as another heroic figure, and then we cut to footage of him being a parking attendant and yelling at some kids with skateboards that those aren't cars and they aren't allowed in the parking garage with them. And then they're like, no we cut to Colin, Nandor, and Guillermo. Uh, Nandor is saying that one of them needs to get invited in to save Laszlo. He nominates Guillermo, and then because he says, I am too foreign and Colin is too boring. <laughs> Colin points out that Guillermo doesn't need to be invited in, and Guillermo says, I would prefer it because that would be polite. <laughs> then they see the animal control truck driving away, and Colin's like, I guess too late. But didn't um, Colin say he didn't need to be invited in either? No, I don't think so. Well, He's never, yeah, they never go over that if he has to be invited in. I don't, oh yeah, he does, he does, he does, because then they can't get into the animal control station later, the both of them. So he does need to be invited in. Okay, okay. so okay. I thought he could, but his, the rules for him are so different. Yeah, the rules for him are different. Like, we find out that religious iconography doesn't bother him. He's allowed to go out during the day. He doesn't actually feed on people, just energy. Feed on all the vampires. Okay. They didn't go with a real food thing. Yeah. Just something I didn't like about this one, but whatever. So, Nadja is saying that she won't, won't approach uh, Gregor, she'll just watch him, and that she tries to approach him, but she's stuck at the barrier until he will invite her in. She calls out, uh, she's like, Gregor, and then she's like, he's not answering because that's not his name. And then she calls out, Jask! <laughs> Uh, he sees her, he invites her in. She says he is protecting a vast empire. And he's like, yeah, three-fourths. She then uh, hypnotizes him not to see the cameras. We cut to Karen, who's from Animal Control. She's talking about all the different types of animals they control. And we see that Nandor is holding onto the back of the truck with Colin Robinson on his back. They then bash into the truck. And we cut away to Nadja and Jesk. Uh, she's saying that she has met him in many incarnations as a soldier, a spy, a wax seller, a monger, a carpet monger, a suitcase monger, a fish monger, a fly monger. He mongers a lot in his lives. They agree that they're gonna hang out after he's done work, and then Nadja like awkwardly backs away from him, like with her arms outstretched and making what I can only describe as kind of like the grudge noise. You're like, uh, 
how she does it. I don't know. She's just so awkward, and I love it. Trying to leave or just trying to... Yeah. We cut to Nandor and Colin explaining they have to rescue Laszlo from inside the animal control before daytime so that he doesn't burn up. We then cut to Nadja suggesting a lot of murder to just, like, different ways of murdering people. And he's like, well, how about this carnival instead? And she's like, is it like a freak show? They used to have a freak show in my village. All of my siblings would fight over the one balloon we would get. And then one time, my sister bit my brother's thigh so hard that we sold the meat. Tandor and Colin are asking uh, the animal control attendant to invite them into the place. And they're acting super weird. And the guy's, like, just weirded out from them. So, like, right at the start, they try to get into the back door, but it's locked. Then Karen shows up, and she starts talking to who we find out is Bobby, the guy at the desk, and showing him a picture of the bat that she just brought in. She's like, look at his face. It looks like a little English guy. And also, look at this. It's a bat erection. Because <laughs> apparently, Oslo is erect. We then cut to Nander. He tries to hypnotize them both, but it doesn't work. And then he explains to Colin that it only works when you try, try to hypnotize someone and tell them to do something that they want to do. Colin points out that that's very flawed and not how, like, that's not hypnotizing at all. They then tell them that they have a missing pet and they are, Nander says that it's a bat and then Karen says bats are illegal and Colin's like, no, 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 he said cat. <laughs> it's just the accent. <laughs> we cut to Nadja. She's saying that Gregor doesn't know that she's not human and that she can't eat human food. So he gives her a piece of popcorn and then she projectile vomits like crazy. Oh, one little piece of popcorn, one kernel. <laughs> We cut to Colin. He's boring Bobby to death while Nandor looks for an open window outside. He then bats inside and takes the bat that's in a carrier and walks out of the place. We cut to Jisk. He's playing an archery game, and Nadia says he is a great warrior, but he sucks. He can't even load the bow and arrow. And she she tells him to imagine it's a horde of Turkish. Kill them! And then she is very disappointed and asks, what has happened to you? We cut to back to the animal control center, and Guillermo pulls up on his bike outside. He says it's the third animal control center he's drove to, like ridden his bike to. Nandor then frees the bat straight into Guillermo's face and it flies off into the night. And they're like, what? What a guy. He's so fucking rude. Like, doesn't even say thank you. Guillermo's like, are you sure that that was him? We then cut to Laszlo. He's in a cage inside the animal control center. Colin says that Nandor released a sick bat and Guillermo might have rabies now. Nadja is unimpressed with Jesk. He is boring. She starts recounting all the kinky things they used to do when he was a washerwoman he would rub dirty water all over her while he ravished her when he was a horse she would ride him naked throughout all of the villages and she's like this gregor is a boring disgrace it's because of his they named him jeps yeah not just telling him that he's boring how he used to be strong and thrilling and power a powerful lover but how could he be like that with a name like jeff it's like a weak ejaculation from now on you shall be gregor jesk to me also, uh, Gregor Jesk is played by Evan from the TV show Greek when I was growing up, which I find very humorous. He was like this douchey brat, frat boy in that, and now he's Gregor. She hypnotizes him to remember his whole, like, all of his old lives, and then his voice, like, deepens, and he sounds like Heath Ledger in A Night's Tale. I, maybe it's because I just watched A Night's Tale, but that's who he sounds like to me. He starts recounting all his past lives, and he talks of uh, a battle that he was in, and that Nadja, as his lover, was getting him through it, and then he's about to be decapitated in his, like, memory, and she's like, no, 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 go to the next life, and he changes his voice, and he's now the washerwoman, and uh, he's like, oh, like, she's like, oh, we 
should make love. He's like, oh, we shouldn't, my master. And like, she's like, no, yes, no, yes. And then he's like, oh no, master, don't kill me. And then she's like, next life. And then he starts acting like a horse. It wasn't a horse in a full one of his full lives was a horse. It was a horse in one of his lives. So he starts like galloping and snorting like a horse. We cut to Laszlo trying to start an animal uprising with all the other animals and like trying to convince the cat in the cage beside him to open their cage somehow. Karen comes in and he turns into a bat. She brings a dog in and locks him up in the cage underneath Laszlo and then she leaves and it's Nandor. He turns into Nandor in the cage and Laszlo's like, this is the dumbest rescue idea. How are you supposed to rescue me when you're now in a cage? Why would you turn into an animal in a center where they control animals? Oh, Nandor. How stupid. We cut back to Nadja and Gregor. Jess is Gregor Jask and he's now riding a cop's horse and the cop's like running behind them. He then shoots the skater kids from earlier with his bow and suction cup arrows. Him and Nadia start dancing with a broom in the parking lot and they kiss. Then Gregor Jess says that they should make love right now on the dirty parking lot floor and Nadia gets a call from Guillermo and she's like somebody else needs me in a much less erotic way but this is what it is. She's then like leaving and he's like no you can't leave me my lover and she turns into a pile of rats. Then Nadia shows up at the uh, animal control center and Colin's still being a boring fuck to Bobby. Guillermo says thank god and she hisses at him for saying that. Bobby invites her in and she hypnotizes him for the door code. He says that it's one, two, three, four, five, and Nadja's very upset by this. She lets them out and then Laszlo says that he has to go back because he made a gentleman's promise to the other animals. We cut to the cops arresting Gregor, Jess, and it says suspects stated that he's an ancient warrior who's been born anew, etc, etc. And then we hear him inside the car saying, I am Gregor, victor of many battles. I am a cleaning lady. We then cut to Laszlo. He lets out all the animals, but then the cats attack him and then we cut to him running outside with like a bunch of cats attached to him. And Nandor's still mad that he hasn't thanked him. And that's the end of that episode. The end. We are halfway. How are you feeling, Jeff? Uh, oh boy. So I can make it. I can try to make it through this. <laughs> He's like, it was worse enough that you made me watch it and now you have to just go on with all these notes. <laughs> it's, I feel like I'm watching it twice. <laughs> I, and I don't have many things where I can interject and say things. And I was like, yeah, that's what happened. And I have no comment on it because I didn't like it. <laughs> exactly. Didn't like it. Not egregious. I just didn't find it funny. Uh, well, we cut to your favorite episode, Baron's Night Out. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Okay, we open on the vampire residence. It's 7.45pm. Nandor says that he wants Guillermo to get him some of those human, those things that humans use for smelling. It rhymes with hoses. And Guillermo's like, gnosis? He's like, no, it's green and spiky stick with the colors on top. And he's like, ah, roses. Okay. Yes, master. They discuss how the Baron's visit has been very stressful, not to mention that they have a lack of storage now that he's in the attic. Nadja's asking, why, when will he leave? And she's like screaming about it. And they're like, be quiet, be quiet, he'll hear you. Then his familiar appears and then says he's awake. Colin says that he can sense his dark energy and that he's very angry at the three vampires and he says that he would hate to be them. Laszlo and Nadja are talking about how a century ago in Europe the Baron was actually a really fun guy and then they're like, why are we supposed to be conquering all the humans? That doesn't sound like a fun time. The Baron awakens and he wants a night on the town. He then eats one of the documentary crew members. It was their sound recordist so then 
for the next scene, all the sound is really shitty and like it keeps on cutting out, which is amusing. Uh, meanwhile, like all the vampires are apologizing about how the Baron ate one of their crew. We cut to 8:50 p.m. and they're discussing that the Baron is going to try to kill them. Lazo says that they should kill him first. Andrew says no, it violates the na- unnatural order. Plus, can he even die? Guillermo comes in, scaring them all, and then Guillermo says that the Baron is really terrifying. Nandor says that they're all terrifying. They're vampires. And Kieran was like, well, and Nandor hisses at him and he's like, mm-hmm. like, not scary. Laszlo then says they shall call this night Operation Accidentally Kill the Baron. Nadia says, absolutely not. At least come up with a different name. <laughs> We reveal the Baron's familiar familiar was there the entire time listening to them. We then cut to the Baron. He comes down in a double rough red number, um, and they tell him to that he should probably dress down so that he blends in more. They ask Colin for clothes. Colin does his usual, where he starts waxing on about different clothes and being very boring, and the Baron asks if he's coming along, please may he not. Laszlo says some vampires think they should rule the world like the Baron, who has become a massive prick, which is ironic, because he doesn't have one. They bat into downtown, and the Baron is wearing a devil's hat, and pe- pedestrians are staring at him. Also, I don't think we've really mentioned what the Baron looks like. He does not look like a human at all. But he kind of looks like the vampire from Ghostbusters like, kind of thing, or yes, or... and like he has long gray hair that's tied in a black bow, and he looks like a mummified corpse almost, but vampire at the same time. It's an underworld. He kind of looks the way they do when they first come out of like that sleep chamber thing, and they've been like deceived. I thought he was like blood to like look regular again. He counts like that, all like sunken, like like dried up. Exactly. So people are staring at him, and then one pedestrian yells at him that the devils suck, and he's he's wearing a devil's hat, and he's like, we are vampires! And Nadia's like, he's literally going around telling everyone that he is a vampire. There are only so many times that you can tell people that he's joking, because look at his face. They run into their neighbor, Sean, and he asks them who the Baron is, and the Baron starts levitating him, and they're all telling him to stop. Nander says that he brings out our trash cans when we forget to bring them in. Come on, don't do this to him. He's a nice guy, so... The Baron puts him down. Laszlo hypnotizes him to forget the last five minutes. So then he starts the conversation just as he did when he first saw them. And then the Baron, like, goes and levitates him again. And they're like, no, 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 stop. We cut to 9.40 p.m. They're inside a convenience store. The Baron is saying that he will assign humans as slaves or food. And he starts labeling them. Uh, He runs down the aisle excitedly. And Nadja, Laszlo, and Nandor discussing that they might need to kill or ship him off. Then the Baron decides to shoplift a squishy toy. Doesn't Lazo just tell him to put in his pocket or something? Yeah, like he's like, what do we do with this? Like, how do I, how do I get it? Do I just kill the shopkeep? And Lazo's like, to just put it in your pocket. The Baron decides to grab a drunk man on the street and feed on him. And Vander says the Baron is being so loud and obvious and vampire-y and reckless. Baron gets drunk off of the man's blood. Because he's drunk. Because he was drunk. And then we cut to 10, 10 p.m. They're at a bar. The Baron says they are all as much fun as the plague. And then the Baron says, let's do shots. It cuts to them in the bathroom, and the Baron has grabbed some man and decides that they're all going to do shots off of this man. So they close the bathroom doors, and I think Nadia's like, we're doing shots. And then uh, we cut to they're all drunk now. The Baron says that he's not a Baron. Uh, it was actually a nickname. It was E-A-R-R-E-N due his, to his lack of genitals. 
Uh, he then exposes himself in the middle of the bar, and Lazlo says, there it isn't. Nadja says the Baron told them a very sad story, and now they may not kill him. We cut to 2.07 a.m. The Baron is saying that he used to enjoy killing, but now it's just a thing he does, because he always has done it. Sometimes he gets into these dark rages. He was actually thinking of killing all of them tonight, and then Nander says that they were going to kill him. The Baron acts mad, and then laughs, and asks, do you know what? I've always wanted to try. Without skipping a beat, Lazlo says, corpophilia? And he's like, no, pizza pie. It's, is it as good as everybody's wait, corpophilia? Which, if you're not aware, it's the obsession, sexual obsession with shit. Oh, I was wondering what it was. I know yeah. Yeah, being into feces. So anyways, which would explain, I mean, like, technically, Lazlo has tried that, as according to their artwork of him and the Baron from earlier. Yeah, so now it, it, all, it all comes full circle, so why he would say that to me? Yeah. Uh, Baron then decides to eat pizza as they're telling him that he shouldn't, it will make them sick. He eats it anyways, he says the guard burns a little, but it was actually, and then he just starts projectile vomiting so hard that he's propelling his body all around the, like... This very vast area. No, not just not pushed at all. He ate pizza, so he's pushing the vomiting all over the place. I can't get it. He's so fed up and over. <laughs> yeah. He then drops to the ground, and they think that he's dead, but then he opens his eyes, and he says, totally worth it. We then cut to him at a rave, partying it up with glow sticks. Uh, it's 3 a.m. They're at the rave. The Baron drinks a random guy, and then he starts rubbing the glow sticks on his face. Nandor has traffic pylon on his head, and he's like, we drank the blood of some people, but the people were on drugs. Now I'm a wizard. <laughs> We cut to 4.27 a.m. They're at a karaoke bar and singing, uh, the Baron is singing Time of the Season. Nadja asks Laszlo to see if they have that song, Girl in the Village with the One Small Foot by Vasilos the Volunteer. And then he's like, okay. And she's like, never mind, I'll sing it a cappella. She starts singing. There was a girl in the village. She had one very small foot. Did she lose her foot in the well? No one knows. No one knows. The Baron cuts in and tells them they're leaving now. We to them arriving home, the sun is coming up. Nandor is leading the Baron upstairs. Colin says someone had a fun time. Nadja says, Colin Robinson, we missed you. And Colin's like, what? What's wrong with you? Lazo says, we're on drugs. The Baron is trying to do the limbo underneath the sunbeam that's exposed in the attic. So uh, and they're trying to coax him into his coffin. Yes, this is where it comes back. And then he burns his hand on it. He tries to take off his coat, but then ends up falling down the stairs. He then finds a, his squishy toy and starts like playing with it, but then he leans against the railing of the balcony and it breaks and he falls down into the boy. Nadja, Lazo, and Nandor are like, oh my god, is he dead? But then he gets up and he says he's fine. He's very lucky that he missed the pointed uh, wood banister posts. He's like, I'm okay. Then Guillermo opens up the front door letting in the sunlight and the Baron becomes engulfed in flames. Did he die kind of? No, but he turns into ash. It kind of reminded me of a, a little bit of um, to do with the vampire, I guess, because the way that I like, it stayed solid in like all court. It was a different movie, like sustained. It didn't, um, he burns up, but it doesn't like fade away. Kind of fact, they bury mm -hmm. Ash later. I don't. I can't no. think of one that I saw like that right now. No, because it was a big vampire. Yeah, but they're in the well, and they do what they do. She does turn to like Ash, and then they kind of some wind blows and goes away. I can't remember which movie that was. Oh, that's the end of this episode. Yeah. Oh, no. That's the end of this episode. Guillermo has his roses, but he's killed the Baron. 
We then cut to episode seven, The Trial, Jeff's favorite episode. My actual favorite episode, this one, and it has nothing to do with this show. It just has to do with all the Easter eggs in the show. The cameos. Yeah, so the cameos. Yes. We open up uh, Nadja Lazo and Nandor. Uh, they're still high off the drug blood, and they're moving the Baron's burnt carcass up to the attic. Nadja breaks him in half. Uh, Nandor is asking Guillermo to help, but he's actually just talking to the Stairmaster. Guillermo's outside, he's freaking out, overkilling the Baron, and he's squeezing the squeeze toy as a stress reliever. <laughs> we then cut to the ceremony for the burial of the Baron. Lazlo says they can't remember how he died because they were high on drug blood. To honor the Baron, they have buried him between Lazlo's two favorite vaginas, his wife's and his mother's. Nadja asks if they murdered him. They don't know. Lazlo says they should keep quiet because if other vampires hear, they will be killed. Guillermo points out a raven watching them. Nandor says it's a bad omen. Colin asks if they killed the Baron. Just kidding. Just, he just wanted to feed on them in their despair. Uh, then an unkindness of ravens swarms them and they run inside. The ravens start bashing into the windows. Guillermo says that there is a floating woman on the front porch that wants to talk to them. She then summons them to appear before the vampire council. Nandor asks why they didn't just call. She says that we sent ravens. We were shocked and appalled you didn't raven us back. And Nandor's like, we didn't know how. And she says, you say raven, we will be there. Thank you. Why? Nandor says that the vampire council is a very ancient organization. They're very powerful and apparently very scary. Lazo says they travel from all corners of the globe. And this is where I have to ask, is Lazo a flat earther? <laughs> Maybe. All corners of the globe. That's an expression, though. I know. It could be a flat earther. You know, it seems like something Laszlo would do. Yeah, it does. Yeah, they travel from all corners of the globe to administer supreme and final justice upon any vampire who has violated the vampiric code. Nadja explains Laszlo was very nearly summoned when he turned a baby into a vampire, which is a big no-no. Laszlo says, it, it's true. You're not supposed to do that. But to be honest, I was bored. <laughs> He then gave it to an acquaintance in the Bronx, and he believes that the child vampire is still there. He would be 90 years old now. Nadja's like, we should go visit him. And Lazo's like, no, we shouldn't. They arrive at the council building, uh, and the floating woman ushers them in. They go down a super long hallway to a room with two vampires in it. Guillermo's not allowed in, and Nadja tells him, vampires only, Guillermo. Guillermo asks the floating woman, what will happen to me? And she's like, oh, you'll see. Sorry. There's a blood bubble in my throat. You'll see. A door at the end of the hallway for all the familiars. Alright, this irked the hell out of me. What? This whole, her whole shtick, the whole time she's there, she does this for like the entire episode. And she does the ominous yeah. things and then change it into now. Like, it was cool to do, like maybe once, maybe twice, but then like she, the whole show. Yes, but that's like kind of that actress's bit. Yeah, but, uh, uh, so good. <laughs> Uh, she says Ludwig will take you, but Ludwig is unresponsive, so she takes him instead. We cut back to the room with all the vampires. Dave Bautista, Bautista is there. Yeah, as I'm watching this, is that Bautista? And it was. It is. Um, Lazo says, good evening, your excellencies, and he bows. Dave Bautista says, this is Velsilka, the defiler, and I am Garrett. In my notes, I just call Velsilka VD, <laughs> and I call Dave Bautista DB. 
Okay, so Feedy says, what happened to the Baron? Nandar says, he's dead. And Laszlo says, it wasn't their fault. They made a joke about killing him, but they're being very serious now. Guillermo tries to warm his face by a torch, but he's told that it's an LED light and that it doesn't admit warmth. But he breaks the torch off, leaving a wooden stake on the wall. Dee Dee and Vidi say that they don't think they sound guilty and that they'll probably get off. And then Nadja's like, wait, what? What do you mean? And they're like, we aren't the vampire Council. They're prisoners. And they're like, we have been here for thousands of years, since 1932. And Laszlo's like, it's 2019. They're like, we've been here for 90 years. I'm very disappointed. And Nadja's like, what did you do? BD says, me, too much defiling. Uh, DB says, I, <laughs> they say I turned a baby into a vampire and left it in the Bronx. Who would do such a thing? I, If I ever find out who did it, I will take a dagger and stab them 5,000 times with this hand. And then switch hands and stab them 5,000 more times. <laughs> Maslow has a look on his face. Yeah, exactly. He's like, oh, he's like, who would do such a horrible thing? And Maslow's like, I don't know. It's just so horrible. Uh, the Vampire Council is ready for them now. They head off into the room. Meanwhile, Guillermo's in the familiar room, and he, like, awkwardly sits near a pipe. Then the vampires are all in white robes, and they're doing this super elaborate dance. There's lots of shimmying, I wrote down. This is exactly where I posted. That's fair, but it's absolutely ridiculous. They're doing, like, all this, like, shimmying and this exaggerated dance, and Lasso's like, this is very odd. I'm like, yes, Lasso, it is. It off, like, five minutes, not, like, perfect. <laughs> Like 20. It's a solid full minute. I think it's longer. Um, no, it's a full minute. <laughs> it's just because it's only a half hour show, so like a minute yeah. in the show feels very long. Uh, yeah, I was sleeping. I woke up like sometime during the trial. I was like, what happened? What's going on? I was. <laughs> we then, like, the people in the white robes, they all make a circle and they reveal that one of them is Tilda Swinton. She is their leader. She starts the meeting. Then Taika Waititi. Uh, yes. Uh, he's the director and he was also uh, one of the actors in the movie from 2014. Uh, his name is Viago in, from the movie and he's resuming that character and the council, in the council here. He introduces the accused and then he introduces the rest of the council. We have Jermaine Clement, who is Vladislav from the movie as well. We have Deacon from the movie as well. We then have Evan Rachel Wood. They say the immortal princess of the undead. And she's like, just call me Evan. And she is from True Blood. We have Danny Treadwell. He is from From Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, from Dust Till Dawn Vampire. Yeah, we have Paul Rubens. He is from Buffy Vampire. Unless he a, bu- a vampire. Right, got it. <laughs> you know me, it's always a show in my mind. <laughs> I know. I was going to wow, Buffy reference that you're not going to get is what I thought exactly on my own is talking about. <laughs> Uh, I have seen the movie, I just forgot that he was in that. Um, they then say that Rob is not present, they're referring to Robert Pattinson uh, from Twilight. Then they also, they Kiefer, Sub and Kiefer didn't come. So Kiefer, Boss Boys. Kiefer Boss Boys. Uh, Tom and Brad, Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt from Interview with the Vampire. And then they're like, but calling in from Skype is Wesley Snipes. <laughs> Good old Blade. And then they're like, uh, he's a daywalker, a vampire killer. And Evan and Danny really hate Wesley Snipes. He's on Skype and it's super laggy and glitchy and this becomes like a running joke. Also, they have a local representative, Colin Robinson. Oh, Robinson, yes. He's like, Colin, Colin Robinson. And he's just like, what? Oh, <laughs> he's like, hey guys, what's up? The only reference I didn't get or don't know is when, when was Tilda Swinton a vampire? Uh, the one with uh, Tom Hiddleston in it. I don't remember the title. That's the only one I didn't know. Like, I knew the rest. And now I was like, when was she a vampire? Only lovers left alive. Yes, that's it. And, this, that, that, and that is it. This is the sole reason why this is my favorite episode. 
punches that they won the stars they got, like, it was like some deep cut vampires, too. It was like Paul Rogan's from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie. <laughs> Andy Trejo from, from Dust of Dawn. Like, it was, it was like deep cut, like, you know, like vampires. Besides Blake, obviously. But, and never reached even though she was in True Blood, it wasn't like, it was her show. It's not like they got like little content or something. Or, uh, the scores, like. Yeah, Alex Garrett's I have been in love with Evan Rachel Wood since I was 12 years old. So I was so happy to see her show up in this. Was, was, was she all that? Um, she was the star of 13 when I was 12, and I watched that movie and related to it so much, and then have just followed her in her career ever since, and loved her. And who wasn't she all that? She was not in She's All That. That's Rachel Lee Cook. Ah, uh, that's basically the same name. Rachel, <laughs> Rachel Lee Cook, that's basically the same thing. But anyways, uh, where are we? Oh yes, um, so Colin's there. They then call their first witness. It's the Baron's familiar, and Andrew says, it's okay, she doesn't speak. And then she immediately starts to speak. <laughs> and Nadia's like, she's speaking now. She says that they let him partake in human food, and earlier she heard them plotting to murder him. And Laszlo says, she speaks the bullshit. We simply floated the idea. Yeah, and Leslie's like super behind. He's like, human food, what, like a burger? And they're like, we're past that, Wesley. <laughs> The familiars are talking in the room about becoming a vamps one day, and there's a very old man. He's like, my master says any day now. It's been seven decades. Yermo's like, have any of you actually met a familiar who became a vampire? None of them have. No, like, now you have, because when I become one, you will have met me. Yeah. Like, that be... So it made it sound like familiars never become vampires. No, they don't. Because then they wouldn't have someone to take care of them. They have to go find a new familiar. Why would they do that? Well, they have, I'm assuming they get old familiars. Maybe he double turn up when he's 70, because he doesn't need them. No, they'll just drain him of his, his blood. Like, why would you want a seven-year-old vampire? Oh, no, you have to hang out with them. Right, you're a vampire now. Maybe they like them, but usually they don't. They just see them as slaves. Yeah, that's true. I suppose. The council's discussing. None of them really liked the Baron, but, you know, they, they're going to bring forward the second witness anyways. The second witness is Guillermo. Hilda asked if uh if he's lunch, and uh, just, like, like puts a hand over her mouth, and she's like, yes, he's lunch. <laughs> And then Nando's like, no, no, he's not lunch. And then Guillermo says uh, they did not murder the Baron. They discussed it, but they were just talking. Uh, and they, then Tilda asks, so then who murdered the Baron? And Guillermo admits that it was him. The council says there's no way that he was able to do that. And he's just trying to protect his master. Guillermo explains that, like, he opened the door and, like, there was sunlight and whatever. And they're like, that sounds very made up. Yeah, did not happen. Diago says no one really liked the Baron, so why not just kill Guillermo and said the three vampires go. They could all have a nice little snack. Nandor says no, they can't kill Guillermo because they killed the Baron, the vampires did. The council then votes to kill Nadia, Laszlo, and Nandor by raising their fangs to vote. Uh, and this is including the baby vampire as well because he's part of the council. And they will be murdered in the same way as the Baron by sunlight. Then the floating woman takes them to their doom. Laszlo tries to escape in bat form. Nadia scales the wall and Nandor tries to take the axes off the walls, but they're welded on. Then Ludwig gets, like, everyone and collects them back. No one escapes. Guillermo tries to escape as well. Ludwig comes up behind him, and he pulls out a crucifix from underneath his shirt and, like, botches it at Ludwig, and he jumps back and falls into a broken torch that Guillermo had broken earlier and stakes himself and dies. Guillermo's a killer. Yes. And the, yeah, Guillermo runs, and he's like, it was an accident, it was an accident! The council says that they will the vampires will be put to death by being put into a well and the sun will rise and they will die very dramatically. We then cut 
to a well and there's sunlight and we hear the three vampires screaming and then we see three skeletons at the bottom of the well. We then pan to the other side of the well and our three are still safe in in the shadows. They start listing their various regrets. Uh, and Laszlo admits that he was actually Jack the Ripper. Um, we cut to Guillermo. He's running through the forest. Uh, they all start screaming as they begin to smoke. And then Nander screams, fucking Colin Robinson! And Nadger's like, Gregor! Colin then comes over the well with a really big black umbrella. And he starts talking about the hardware store and returns for the umbrella and starts zapping their energy. And Nadger's like, he's taking advantage of us. Which he is. Which he is. Colin then saves them. Uh, they, they're all in backwards and in like a carrier covered in a blanket and Guillermo and him are walking away with them. And Colin really is messing with them the whole time. Like, yeah, he keeps on like shaking it and just being obnoxious so that he can feed on them more. And then he tells uh, the camera crew that they're going to want to save their camera crew that's at the bottom of the well sooner rather than later because they're in very grave danger. And because of the camera crew is hanging out at the bottom of the well? Yeah. Uh, Colin asks uh, Guillermo how long he's been working for Nandor. He says 10 years, and Colin's like, guess that's how the whole deal. You work for him, and one day he turns you into a vampire. Guillermo's like, yeah, that's a deal. And Colin makes, like, a yikes face at the camera, like, that's never gonna happen. And that's the end of that. Alright, if he's never gonna turn him into a vampire, why didn't he could have got free they just let him kill Gizmo, right? Yeah, but, like, so, like, even though Nandor says that he hates Guillermo, he doesn't. He has a very soft spot for him, clearly. Like, even in the orgy episode we see that too to an extent like he does care for him and like the glitter portrait like he's clueless but he does care about Guillermo he turned him into a vampire kind of the next episode is the citizenship episode and like okay I I love the Nadja and Jenna plotline that happens in this movie movie this episode but the whole citizenship thing is kind of like meh to me I will admit this is one of the episodes where when you say that like it drags and like there's not much happening this is like one of the few times where I'm like yeah, that plotline doesn't really have much going for it. That plotline was pointless. Mm-hmm. I think it was a, it was a subplot anyway. Like the main the main plus episode was the Jenna stuff, and I like Jenna as character in this film. That kind of kept me more interested into this episode. Oh, yeah, man, that whole Team USA thing with the citizenship and the tests. Then he doesn't know anything. Of course, why would he? Is just I I do completely agree with that. But let's get into the breakdown. We got to Nadja. She's floating outside Jenna's dorm room window. Jenna is looking at herself in the mirror. Her reflection is faded, and she's not doing the same thing that, like, she is doing in real life. Her reflection is just, like, staring at her, like, very creepily. Nadja says that Jenna is slowly becoming a full vampire. Uh, Jenna says that she's been going through some changes, having weird dreams, and we cut to a scene where she's levitating in her sleep, and her roommate watches her, and as she tries to pull out her camera to take a picture, Jenna stops levitating. Uh, we then cut to a scene where she hunts a squirrel in the park, and then she hisses at a picture of Jesus on the cross in her lecture before her hand catches on fire because it was sitting in a sunbeam through the window. And then she says, I've developed an eye and skin sensitivity and sometimes I want to tear my roommate to shreds. We then cut to the house meeting. Nandor is asking them to show victims out. It's the only considerate thing they could do. Also, blow out candles when leaving the house. Colin is wearing an aftershave clone that is very strong just so that he can annoy everyone. He's on the end of the, in the bathroom of his job or something. Yeah, which I'm like, ew, never wear something that you found at work. It's Colin Robinson. That's fair. Nandor tells them not to speak over him, when, and then he says when he was the leader of his country, he would have killed them for disrespect. 
call and ask him, like, you were a leader of a country? And he's like, yes, I was the leader of Al-Khalidor. Sorry, I'm probably saying that wrong. Uh, and Colin's like, sounds fake. Then he Nandrohev tells Guillermo to look it up on his phone, but Colin looks it up first, and he's like, yeah, it was dissolved in 1401. Nandor's then very upset that his home no longer exists. Yeah, he said, basically, there was an episode of this, and he kind of like, uh, Uggs, Uggs will be committed because they're not, or doesn't actually, but Nandor's Yes, I do agree that, like, this is very... But we cut to Jenna, which is better. Uh, yes, she's trying to hunt animals in the park. Nadja is disturbed. She says no one she, no one guided her through her unnatural, like, evolution or whatever. I forget the exact quote. But, so that she's going to be a guide to Jenna. We then cut back to Nandor. He has a bag of soil from his homeland, and then he goes to stalk a man to eat him, but realizes that he's too depressed to eat and lets him leave. Then Guillermo offers him for him to become an American citizen to try to cheer up Nandor. Meanwhile, Jenna says it's becoming clear to her that she's turning into a vampire. Nadja says, I bit your neck and you drank my blood. What did you think I was doing? <laughs> Jenna asks if she will feel like crap for all eternity. Nadja says, you feel like crap because you're eating crap. You have to complete your transition and drink some human blood. I'll teach you how to kill. And she's like, is there any way for me to drink their blood and not kill them? And she's like, you shut up, you stupid little baby. <laughs> Just okay. Guillermo's she cares about it, kind of, in a way. In, in the Nadja way. In the Nadja way. Guillermo's helping Nandor apply for citizenship. He says that Nandor started the process in 1992, but he didn't finish it. And he asks why. And Nandor says he applied in 1992 for five reasons. Johnson, Jordan, Bird, Barkley, and Ewing. The starting lineup for the 1992 U.S. Olympics men's basketball team. The dream team is what they call it. Yeah, he's saying it's the dream team, and that that's what made him apply. And we cut to Nandor's collection of various basketball memorabilia and he tries spinning a ball on his finger and you know manages to do it for a couple seconds there uh guillermo says what happened in 1992 why did you stop process and nander says probably because the macarena swept the nation so i didn't really have time for anything else all right this is gonna hurt the macarena was like in 96 not 92 but uh, yeah i was gonna say that but because i'm like i remember the macarena and sweeping the nation and i was in school by that time and i was born in 91 so that was not 92 well that irked, it's funny how much that irked me when i heard so I'm like, that's not what, that's 96 or 7. Yes. And the Mark Rainer was doing things, not 92 in the dream team. That's his guess as a vampire who's been living for hundreds of years. So that small amount of years doesn't really mean anything to him. 92 and 96 were probably the same year in his mind. Maybe, but still, no. <laughs> we then cut to Nadja. She's telling Jenna, uh, every vampire has their own special power, so they need to work out what hers is so she can trap and kill her first human meal. She asks Jenna to try to seduce me, and then she She's like, I'll pretend to be a man. I am just a stupid human man. Oh, ouch, my balls. I'd love to drink beer. <laughs> Nadja's idea of what a human man is solid. Um, <laughs> ouch, my balls. They hurt sometimes. That tracks. Oh god, okay. Um, she then tells her to bite her, Jenna to bite her lip seductively, and Jenna bites through her lip. <laughs> she's like, okay, seduction's not your thing. <laughs> Jenna asks what Nadja's is, and she's like, crawling. So she scales the wall, and then tells Jenna to try it. Jenna starts, but then she like, falls off the wall, and with a big crash, and Laszlo comes in, and is like, what the fuck is happening? And, uh, Nadja's like, I'm training the baby vampire, and he's like, who? Where? And he's like, points in the corner, and he's like, oh, her. And then like, insults her somehow, like, says that she's like, the worst vampire 
vampire or something, I forget what. And then she runs away, very upset. And Nandor, not Nandor, and, sorry, Lazlo. Lazlo. And Nandor's just like, listen, you're going to apologize. Yeah. Guillermo and Nandor are practicing war, Nandor's immigration interview. And so Guillermo asks him, where and when were you born? And he's like, Al Calador in 1262. Guillermo's like, and where exactly is that? And he's like, southern Iran. And he's like, mm, maybe don't mention Iran. <laughs> but uh, why did you leave your country? And he's like, standard reasons, driven out by peasants. <laughs> Uh, how many times have you been married? Just the once to 37 women. Laszlo goes and apologizes to Jenna and then agrees to help her hone her skills. Meanwhile, Guillermo, who is, he asks, who is George Washington? And Nandor says, America's first gay president. And Guillermo's like, no, I don't think he, and Nandor's like, yes, he was. That's a joke. When you say, I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't know how this is going to go. They did go <laughs> And then Nadja greets Nandor and Jenna, with Jenna, and she says hi to everyone, smiles with her vampire teeth, and Guillermo's like, is she a vampire now and he's very upset by this well she's got fangs and a white pale face so it's pretty ma that's a pretty major clue uh while guillermo's still like steaming he asks now which one is better alt-right or antifa i'm trying to decide which team to join <laughs> guillermo was saying that he fa just found out that nadja turned someone random like super fucking random into a vampire and then he screams into a pillow laszlo is going to teach jenna how to turn into a bat she starts to undress and they're like what are you doing and she's like if i'm turning into a bat don't i have to get naked where do my clothes go? Both Nadja and Lazo just kind of pause and ponder this for a while, and then they're like, "Let uh, we don't know. No, that's not important. Let's don't get bogged down in the details." Yeah, don't think about details. Like, what the hell did she turn into? I don't know what she turns into. They go onto the roof, and Lazo says that this takes absolutely no skill. All you have to do is yell "bat," and then he turns into a bat, and then says "human form" and turns into a human, not a human, a vampire. But you know, yeah, um, Jenna tries, and she turns into like this half bat, half monster. <laughs> like it's giant like not actually a bat yeah they're just like oh god she's a failure uh we then cut to guillermo and nandor and we hear something heavy fall and guillermo says that it might have been a bag of garbage he goes and looks out the window and he's like yep a bag of garbage it's jenna <laughs> jenna asked to be let in and guillermo's like yeah and then under his breath he's like she can figure it out herself now since she's a vampire and she's like guillermo i can hear you i have super senses now grumble 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 not disappointed in jenna's progress she's like turning into a bat is so basic maybe she has no special power, but she is ready for her first human meal. They go to a college party. She asks a bro at the door to invite them in, and he says no. She then hypnotizes him, saying that they will do what they want, and he needs to respect women more. Nandor is at, his citizen at the citizenship office in his basketball jersey, and he says he's just going to hypnotize them into giving him his citizenship. He tries to hypnotize the interviewer, and it doesn't work at all. He then, in an interview with the documentary crew, he's like, it seems government workers are immune to hypnotism it's like their souls are dead or something yeah uh the government employee says please describe the right to bear arms sander says if it's a nice day and you should have the right to bear your arms <laughs> and then he says to the crew i don't detect any human left in them uh, nadja is trying to help jenna find a meal she is struggling with the emotional blow of what it is to kill someone and then uh, nadja's like it's a room full of assholes you can do no wrong <laughs> meanwhile the government employee says we elect a president for how many years? Nander says, a thousand years. What does the 
constitution do for the people? It oppresses them. <laughs> Jenna has tried to talk to people at the party, but they're just completely ignoring her. That just shows her how to do it, and she's like, oh, I'm very sorry for bumping into you. I shall have to punish myself later. Who are your parents? They are very bad for making such a big boy. <laughs> and then the guy's like, I love you. She's like, see, Susie. And he's like, I want to spend the rest of my life with you and be your slave. And she's like, yes, yes. Now go upstairs, put your head in the deep into the toilet bowl and flush seven times. Yeah. <laughs> then some guy pours his drink all over Jenna and Nadja calls him out and like for doing it. And then he's like, wait, who are you talking about? Jenna's like, this is pointless. Nobody sees me. She goes to run off and has to push through people because no one hears her or sees her. She then screams in frustration and disappears completely. Her power is invisibility. And then <laughs> Nadja's very excited and goes to congratulate her and then like gets her to start doing it like by will. And then she's like, where's my Jenna? There she is! <laughs> As if like she's playing peekaboo. It's really cute. So Jenna goes and grabs the guy who spilled the drink on her and drags him outside and drinks from him and fills up her water bottle for later with his blood. <laughs> yeah, she's like apologizing the whole time, thanking him. Then the Nadja's new slave comes back and he's like soaking wet and he's like I've done what you've asked and she's like go and eat bricks or something I don't want to deal with you right now <laughs> meanwhile Nander is being asked to read the oath of allegiance so he's going through it but then he can't say god and then he's struggling he's like can I just skip this part and the guy's just staring at him like what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> oh sorry he's making us say that every day before school in the beginning of school it was like national anthem Fair. Yeah, we, we had our national anthem, but the only time I would sing along was when it was in French, because I wanted to practice my French. But anyways, I still can't speak French. Because um, you didn't practice enough doing the national anthem. I can do the national anthem in French. I can't do anything else. So those are the only words you know, the national anthem. Uh, I know, like, random phrases, like, Sacre bleu, tout le monde. <laughs> like, où est la bibliothèque? <laughs> Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. Like, I know, like, yeah. random phrases and nothing else. <laughs> Back to this show. Absolutely. <laughs> Whenever, when Nandor finally says God, his mouth bursts out into flames. Like a, uh, like a dragon. Yeah. So, Nandor didn't pass. He's very upset by this, and then Guillermo tells him to stop fucking complaining. And I'm like, yes, Guillermo, get a backbone. And he's like, so what? You're not a U.S. citizen. You're not a citizen of anything. You're a fucking vampire. You can fly. You can transport anywhere as a bat. You're fucking immortal. <laughs> like, do you have any idea how much people would pay who they would kill just to be who you are? You should be proud to be who you are. And Nandor's like, you're right, and gets, like, all inspired, and is very happy about it jumps on a car and he's like he says he's a cool and powerful vampire then he tells Guillermo that he appreciates him telling him that but his tone was highly disrespectful but he was right so thank you Guillermo asks now that you have your confidence back you probably need a vampire sidekick and then Nandor interrupts him he's like no I'm good he's like oh okay then I'm waiting for taking a shot <laughs> and Jenna is telling Nadja it's the best night of her life Nadja has to break it to Jenna that she because she's like let's like I don't want to go to bed yet like I've never stayed up this late Let's, let's watch the sunrise and Nadja's like mm, I'm sorry but you can never see the sun again and then Nandor's saying that he's upset he was looking forward to being a US citizen so that he could buy a gun and Guillermo's like you don't need to be a citizen to buy a gun they'll give those to anyone it's like really? even at Alcohol and Calador you couldn't buy a sword without a background check but anyways Jenna says that in Blade they wear motorcycles
motorcycle helmets uh, so that they can be out in the sun. So they steal some motorcycle helmets, they go and sit on the roof, and then the sunrise comes, and it doesn't work, and they start burning. So they turn into bat and half bat thing and fly back inside. That's a little thing. In Blade, they had the motorcycle helmets, but they also had sunscreen on under the motorcycles. Fair. Just thought of that. They should just thought of it. I've seen the movie a ton of times, and it's better than this. So they had sunscreen all over, and they put the motorcycle helmets on top. I doubt I would find it better than this, but anyway. <laughs> I also doubt that, but I would, so... Alright, so the next episode is episode 9, The Orgy, which I love this episode, it's so funny. But anyways, okay. We open on everybody's cleaning everything, and Nandor ex- is explaining that they have been chosen to host the biannual vampire vampire orgy. Guillermo's saran wrapping all the furniture, and they say that the vampires tried to have a tri-annual orgy, but it takes at least six months to recover from an orgy. Nander's saying that vampire sex is like pizza, in that even when it's bad, it's good. It's designed to be enjoyed by eight or more people. There's a choice of toppings, and then like they're showing all various artwork of orgies, and in this one, there's snakes like slithering all over naked people. And then he's like, and in the, the morning, you're like, ah, why do I have puncture? wounds on my penis very like pizza <laughs> exactly like this reminds me every time i have pizza right the same thing in the morning. Laszlo, Laszlo then says, uh, Vampire sex is a carnival of desires with uh, with pale bodies as far as the eye can see. Fornicating, diddling, whittling, snarling, an amazing experience that can last years. Nadja then says, It's fine. She's very unimpressed. We cut to Nadja telling Guillermo that they need a blood fountain and real pure opium, at least 10 kilos. We need sexy pictures for the walls, says Laszlo. And Nadja says, I thought we'd replace this one with the one where we're naked with cherries up our bums. Then they discuss the stigma of throwing a poor orgy. People have committed suicide after after throwing a poor orgy. Uh, it's the biggest shame that you could ever have. Nandra tells Nadja and Laszlo that Guillermo is his familiar and they have to stop ordering him around. And then Guillermo's like very proud. And he's like, yes, master, can I get you anything? And he's like, yeah, everything that they just told you. Also, absorbent towels, lots of them. That just makes sense. Yes. yes, because it's going to be very messy. And Nadja's like, most important, we need a virgin feast. Guillermo says that he's overfished his source, and Colin pops in and says that he's worried that people won't like his room. He has put in a strobe light and speakers playing acid jazz. What is acid jazz? It's, I don't know, I think it's a modernish jazz. Ooh, any jazz is bad in my mind, but whatever. Relaxing, I guess. He has a filing cabinet. He's very proud of it. He's always wanted one since he was a child, and it was the first big purchase that he made as an adult. He has lots of neosporn on hand. Uh, just what you know, acid jazz, also known as club jazz, is a music genre that combines elements of funk, soul, hip-hop, as well as jazz and disco. Okay. I, have a, I have an album, actually, from acid jazz. Uh, okay. It was, a, it was a rapper from, I don't know if you heard of a rapper named Guru from a group called GameStar. No. But he would come out with these albums called Jazzmatize, which is... <laughs> Oh boy. Oh yeah, so I have Jasmine has three. Has some pretty good songs on it, so I guess I like acid jazz. Okay, so you can hang out in Colin's room with the Neosporn and the pictures of human food because, you know, if he ever has a human there, he wants them to feel at home. And I would like human food, so that works. <laughs> 
Uh, Nadja explains that the orgy standard of a mirrored ceiling doesn't really work with vampires, so they've developed their own way. We then cut to Guillermo standing on a ladder with a bullhorn, and all of the vampires are, like, miming sexual acts, and he's trying to describe them. He's like, someone is sucking and being sucked, and someone's riding a candle to- oh god! (laughs) And he's getting progressively more and more flustered as they yell at him that he's not doing a good enough job, and then he ends up, like, backing out of it completely. He's like, I was raised Catholic, this is just no. And then he says that Nadja and Lazo are being very demanding and they aren't even his masters. And then he starts quoting them and he's like, Gizmo, get the dildos. Gizmo, try out the dildos. Gizmo, how are the dildos? They're fine. <laughs> Nadja then says uh, that they need to be kinder to Guillermo. Nadja says, is asking after the virgins and Guillermo's like, but, but, like, I've been busy doing this. And she's like, but, 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 you're like a non-stop butt machine. That reminds me, did you get the non-stop butt machine? <laughs> Guillermo takes, decides to go take five minutes. Uh, uh, Nadja and Laszlo tell Nander that he needs to go tell him off. Nander goes to check in on Guillermo. He says that he knows Nadja and Laszlo have been very pushy lately about the orgy. And he's like, and they locked you in this sad closet? And he's like, Guillermo's like, this is my room. I pay 1200 a month for this. And I'm just like, wait, he pays rent on top of working for free? He does. <laughs> Poor Guillermo. It's funny because then I go to, where, do you make, where does he make the money from? To make 1200 bucks a month? Like, then I had questions after he said that. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, okay, so Nando says that when some idiot is complaining, you can either kill them or pretend to listen. So then we cut back to him and Guillermo, and he's like, so what you're saying is that your feelings are a little bit hurt. And Guillermo's like, a bit. And he's like, tell me about that. So Guillermo starts, I feel, and Nando immediately interrupts with, yes, yes. And then Guillermo continues that sometimes people, Nando again, yes, tell me more. Guillermo, they, they don't really listen to me. They just tell me yes without listening to what I'm saying. And Nando's like, yes, yes, speak from the heart and then Guillermo tries to interrupt again and then he's like nope now it's done and that's it Lazo then goes and gets a box of orgy things he starts unpacking the box and explaining each thing to us a cat of nine tails Oliver Cromwell's head my cod piece a bat cod piece 200 year old peekaboo cape and he basically it's just a cape and then like he opens it to expose his penis and he excitedly takes another box down to Nadja Uh, he explains that in the late 1800s the marvelous like invention of cinema was created, whatever, and a week later, they developed it in porn. He says that the first porno film that he ever made was called The Adventures of a Very Randy Vampire, and they didn't realize that he was actually a vampire. They just cast him because they thought he looked like a vampire. And then he's been in thousands of pornos over the years, and he's like, they're still very erotic. And then they show us clips of his pornos, and they're not erotic at all. They're very ridiculous. Yeah, not even a little bit. Like, nothing. Like, when he says this is very erotic it cuts to him like it's him fully dressed like but we only see his like chest and head and him making like what should be an orgasm face i think but he just like has his eyes rolled back and vaguely looks possessed i don't really know he just possessed is a good word possessed that can work yeah it's just it's not good so he brings snatch of the box and he's saying that he has something that will give their or like have their orgy being talked about for centuries not just not paying attention and she tells him to just add it to the pile 
and then she points to a pile that includes a man named Constantine who's dressed in like an S&M hood and chains. Plaza says hi to him. And then uh, he throws an old film reel at her. He's like, oops. And she's like, what's that? And he's like, I really have no idea. Maybe we should watch it. And then like brings in a giant ancient film protector. It's like in a suitcase. It's like a wooden one. It's giant. And on (laughs) we cut to Guillermo and Nandor. They are at a party supply store and they're getting a chocolate fountain that they'll be using for blood and Guillermo's making sure that it can handle something thicker than chocolate and then Nandor comes up and he asks for jade buttock eggs and the sales lady is like butter cakes and he's like no they're jade eggs that you put in your eggs <laughs> she's just like uh I don't we, we really focus on children's loot bags <laughs> Guillermo is trying to track down virgin still and like we get like a cutaway interview scene of him and he's like I thought that the Christian uh, college chastity group would be a good place to go but turns out they have a different definition of virgin the most and this killed me it's the only cool thing about this is that this actually exactly comes back to later on like it's a very subtle callback to um how his friend is no longer virgin oh that but like also i just i love i love the joke about uh, christian chastity is not they do not consider virginity what you would think it was because that's like an actual thing where teens and religious groups just are like yeah the poop hole loophole and then he's just like uh crossfit gyms are full of virgins no one touched them the reason being they won't shut up about crossfit which is true <laughs> so fucking true <laughs> so good okay um we're back at the oh, that, 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 i think this might have been the time where i chuckled this might have been it this might have been one of the ones <laughs> Too good. Okay. We're back at the store. Nandor points out um, a guy that's like in the aisle behind them that looks like a virgin. Uh, Guillermo tries to brush it off, but then it turns out to be his friend Jeremy, and he's like, Guillermo! And comes up to talk to them. Uh, Nandor invites Jeremy to the party. Guillermo is trying to get him out of it, and he's like, Jeremy and his girlfriend are too busy. And Jeremy's just like, I don't have a girlfriend. He's like, Yes, you do. And he's like, Oh, yeah, that was a catfish. It was a girl, right? Yeah, exactly. And he's like, I am seeing a girl about my nose bleeds and then he gets a nosebleed and has to run off and then nandor goes and licks the blood off the floor and he's like oh this is the best virgin blood i've had in so long he must come we must have him Guillermo is having like a huge internal struggle about this because he doesn't want to sacrifice his friend we then cut to laszlo showing his pornos uh to nadja the first one is him doing the charleston like in 1920 something with very bad acting then we cut to 50s porno where he's the star quarterback Nadja cuts in and she's like, there is nothing more devastating than finding out your husband has made porn and it's so bloody boring. We cut to a 1978 porno and it's a, a gay porno. Then we cut to the 90s porno that's called Signfuck. Nadja tells him eventually that his pornos are just very boring and Lazo is very upset by this and she he says that she thinks he thinks that she didn't follow the plot. He tries to explain to her and then he gets all like, sad and is not going to participate in the orgy. We cut to Guillermo calling Jeremy and he's telling Telling the interview crew that they've been friends since high school. He feels bad for inviting him, but he'll do anything to become a vampire. Then a waiter, like, comes into his room. He's like, oh, I was told this was a closet. <laughs> Nadja is in this, like, literary red wig with horns, and she's showing off all the orgy space. There's a sculpture of her parents conceiving her. There's a fluffer's chill-out area. There's the traditional animal fur laden with rings. Not for your fingers. An electric chair for role play. What are your last words? I want to have sex. 
Laszlo is depressed and he's refusing to go to the orgy. He's in the crypt instead. Madge is super stressed out and she doesn't want to throw a bad orgy because they'll never recover from it. She explains that half the bats that you see are vampires that are ashamed that they threw bad orgies and they're too ashamed to ever become uh, go back into their vampire form again. They are shame bats and they are full of shame and you know them because they don't fly as high. Alright, so everyone starts arriving for the orgy and uh, there's a Babadook there but he's like, I'm not a Babadook, I'm a Badabook. You know what I mean? I'm like, dear God, you're a Babadook. Just get over it. <laughs> then Jeremy arrives and he's brought like Moji and uh, not just announces the virgins here. Guillermo's kind of losing it with guilt. Then Nander comes out with a ton of big black dildos attached to him. <laughs> Myth, like Mr. everywhere, Fif off his knees, yeah. like just, just, just everywhere. Uh, Mr. 50s from Simon, uh, the Devious's crew shows up and he has like a half burnt face. Uh, and everyone seems to be having a good time and they're all really excited about the version Jeremy. And then Lazlo gets up on the ladder with the bullhorn and he starts talking about his heavy heart. Uh, but he showed up for his love, Nadia, and he says that his what his porno's laugh was love. He suggests that he and Nadja go upstairs and have a two-person orgy and everyone's just absolutely disgusted and starts leaving. Nadja's like begging everyone to stay. Guillermo's freaking out that he's killed his friend. Nadja then says they should all stay for the virgin and she opens up the, cur the curtains to reveal that Jeremy is having sex with Constantine, the S&M slave. Uh, Guillermo like runs in at the same time to try to like save Jeremy but then sees he's having sex and then he's like, Jeremy's not a virgin anymore and is very happy. Uh, everyone leaves. Nadja's saying, this orgy didn't count, don't tell your friends that it was bad. Guillermo uh, is taking the saran wrap off of a chair and he spills, spills the blood fountain all over it at the same time. Meanwhile, Jeremy, Colin, and Constantine are all playing cards together in the corner. Ander goes to go check on Laszlo. He's worried that he'll be very upset based on what happened. He opens the door to find Laszlo and Nadja in bat form fucking. And he's just like, Ugh. And that's the end of that episode. Yes, and we have made it to my favorite time. Almost. My real favorite episode is this one, because uh, then I was done. <laughs> Oh lord, okay, so we're on our final episode, episode 10, Ancestry. It opens with Guillermo saying that he loves his job as a familiar, although calling it a job implies that it pays, which it doesn't. So it's really more of a vocation. So why does he get this 20 bucks a month, guys? Yeah, uh, he has a lot of savings from Panera Bread? Yeah, maybe. I bet Panera must, must pay better than I was thinking. He says that this uh, vocation is less glamorous than he thought it would be. Uh, meanwhile, he's like trying to dispose of a body and like retching as he's doing it. Uh, he complains of loneliness. He says that he, he has to be awake during the day because he has to do all the chores for Nandor, but then he also has to be awake at night because he has to be on hand for Nandor, so he's just always awake. If he was still at Panera Bread, he probably would have been a manager by now, and he would have insurance, he would get to be the boss of people, uh, he could sleep, he would have friends and get paid, but the heart wants what it wants. He wants to be in Tony Vendor's Yes, exactly. Guillermo then checks the mail, and he's super excited over an envelope. He goes to wake up Nandor and tells him that there's an envelope there for him, and Nandor tells him to just pop it into the coffin. Then ensues, like, the struggle of him trying to, like, feed it through the coffin. And then Nandor finally gets it in, and then he's like, I can't read it, it's too dark in here. If it's jury duty, tell them that I'm dead. Guillermo says no, he had Nandor's DNA tested, and Nandor's like, did they steal my semen? I won't have my semen stolen again. And Guillermo's like, I don't even know that story. Uh, no, it's like very scientific, whatever. And then Nandor decides to tell him the story. Some witches decided to steal my semen. 
put it into a semen spell, but they didn't, they didn't even work. Then they just got my semen everywhere. Uh, Gamera says that they can trace his ancestors and living relatives at that. Nandor, like, opens up a coffin. He's like, my living relatives? Guillermo then takes him over to his computer. He logs in and sees that Nandor has over 200,000 direct living descendants. And Nandor's like, I'm a granddad? Guillermo's like, technically, you're a great-granddad, like, 30 times over. Nandor then says that uh, becoming a vampire came at a very strange time in his life. He was married to 37 women, and then his 37 wives weren't very happy about the changes he was going through. He was cranky, sleeping all day, drinking everybody uh, to death. They all left, and he was very sad that night because he really loved 35 of them. I want to hear about the other two. <laughs> in those days, the women used to look after all of the children, so he wasn't really involved in his children's lives. Also, sometimes friendly wolves would take care of the children. And that was a nice, that was a nice little, that drawing I did like, with the, with the friendly wolf taking care of the children. Uh, and then uh, he says that he tried to visit his children, but they were afraid because he was a vampire floating outside their window. <laughs> Hero says that uh, one of his relatives, Madeline, lives here in Staten Island. Nandor then calls a house meeting and tells everyone about the DNA testing. Laszlo and Nadia say, careful that it's not witches stealing your semen. Theros and Nadia is like, yes, witches are semen stealers. And this is one of the things that is, comes back in season two. Witches stealing semen? Yes. A coven, like, tricks them into coming uh, over and it's the same coven that stole Nandor's semen before, and then, like, they lock up all the men, and they try to steal their semen, and it's a, it's a whole thing. <laughs> Guillermo says that he's gotten everyone's DNA tested, and Nadia, like, asks how they, how he got her DNA. He says that they literally leave it all over the house. It wasn't that hard. Nadia doesn't want hers. She tells him to put it on the pile to burn. Lazo also doesn't want his. Colin says that he'll take his. He says that he would have been flattered if uh, witches tried to take his semen, which he is when they try to, but then he quickly isn't. Um, nice little callback there. Yeah. Yes. Uh, he opens up his results and he finds out that he is 100% white. Guillermo says, that's not even possible. Yeah, Guillermo's like, people are from all over in different places. It can't just, oh, wow, yeah, you're 100% white. Nandor <laughs> then tells them that he has over 200,000 descendants. Uh, Laszlo and Nadja congratulate him on his super great seed, uh, but to beware because the witches might find out. Guillermo got his own DNA tested, but he's like, I, I doubt you guys would want to know. And they're like, yeah, we don't want to know. And they all leave. He goes to look up his results himself. He finds out that he's 3.12% Dutch, and he looks up his family tree. It says that the Dutch family's name was Van Helsing. First, he chuckles about this. He's like, yeah, you know, like, that's like the family's vampires, and like, Slayer, wait. And then he starts grappling with the fact that maybe Van Helsing is a real person, and that he has vampire hunter DNA. He then remembers that he has killed two vampires, and he's like, that, that was an accident, Ugh. And he starts having an internal conflict. They were accidents. They were accidents, yes. That's true. Laszlo is then making a special shrubbery, shrubbery for uh, Nadja, and at this moment, it just looks like a penis. <laughs> and then he's like tying this like wire to like make it to like shape it or whatever. And he goes to hand it to Guillermo to tie to the tree, but then he sees Guillermo is holding a whole bunch of wooden stakes, and he gets very upset at him for having wooden stakes. And he asks him where he got him, and Guillermo says Amazon, and then Laszlo tells him to take them back to the Amazon. And Guillermo's like, no, that that's not right. Colin, Nandor, and Guillermo. Uh, they go to visit Nandor's descendants, uh, and Nandor says that he's not ready to introduce himself yet, so he's just going to go and float outside of her window. 
He decided to go get her a little toy teddy bear that he's brought with him. He floats up to the window and he looks in. He's like, she looks a lot older than I anticipated. And Kiyama says, yeah, I tried to tell you, Master, she's 94 years old. He's like, oh, so young. And then Colin's like, don't tap on the window. And then he's like, I think I'm going to tap on the window. And Kiyama's like, Master, don't tap on the window. He does tap on the window and starts like greeting her through the window. She sees him and she immediately has a heart attack and dies. So no. Nander is then standing on the roof of the building with Colin and he's like, you guys goaded me. And he's like, if I goaded you, mean told you repeatedly not to do it, then yes, yes, we goaded you. He then, uh, Nander then calls down to Guillermo and he's like, Guillermo, what is this feeling I am feeling? And then Guillermo's like, it's grief, master. And he's like, I don't care for it. We cut to Nadja. She says, this is why you don't get attached to humans. They don't last long. Like her sweet Gregor. Uh, he is reborn and then he dies. Every time he comes back, our love is reignited ignited like a big ball of flames and then he's brutally decapitated she's looking over all the various like pictures and paintings she has of him throughout the years in all his different reincarnations and then she begins to sing out to him my Gregor, can you hear me we can then cut to footage from a psychiatric facility where jesk is in restraints he breaks through his restraints kills an attendant and escapes from the facility stealing a car and driving off saying no it gives her it gives the attendant a real like Katie next step. That was a very Katie next step. Yeah, yeah, just, she broke his head basically all the way around. Mm-hmm. Very well done. She would. And, you know, she would also be very devastated that Toby died, I think. Very much so. I don't think she would have have enjoyed that at all. We then cut to the gang. They're all going to Madeline's funeral, and they walk up, and it's in a church, and they're like, what the fuck? And then they're also wondering how the service is that night, and they're able to go to it. Guillermo says that it's because he called in a bomb threat. Nando says, like, please, do it for me. Do it for Madeline. And Lazo's like, look at the stained glass. It has the jeepers, man. It does. It does. I thought he said the Jeebus man the first time that I heard it, and I was like, yes, that's what I call him. I call him Jeebus. But anyways, Laszlo and Nadja are freaking out. Uh, Nadja is, like, gagging at the thought of going inside a church. Colin says that he can go in. Energy vampires have no problem with places of worship. Uh, it's actually a very fertile feeding ground for him. And then just like, no, no feeding. We need to go in to, like, celebrate my great-great-great-great-great-granddaughter's life. Um, they all, like, give in, and they decide to go in. <laughs> we then cut to them inside the church. They are all burning. Like, there's steam coming off of them. There is blood pouring out of their eyes. Laszlo and Nadja are like, no, we, we can't do this anymore. We need to leave. And they get up to leave, and Nadja's like, it's a, a very lovely service, but I'm on fire. And she's, her hand is literally on fire. <laughs> That's the part that Raj saw and laughed. And he's like, Jeff didn't laugh at this? He's dead. I, I didn't laugh at that one. No, I didn't laugh at that one. And the other, and then the other holy water part, I saw that one coming like a mile away, and I didn't, I didn't laugh at that either. Yeah, I didn't laugh at that one. It was just more so like further proof that Guillermo's trying to kill him. But yeah, okay, so Nander catches on fire. He tells Guillermo to get some water. He grabs holy water and dumps it onto him. Nander screams in pain as he like he ignites further in flame. It stops the service, and then he goes, it's it's so sad. I really miss her. He then asks Guillermo if he's trying to kill him. Guillermo looks completely panicked, uh, and then they leave. We cut to 10.23 p.m. Nadja and Laszlo are going to coffin to bed. <laughs> um, and then we cut to footage from a police helicopter that is chasing Gregor Jesk down the highway in his car. It's then 10.26 p.m. And we cut to a feed from a local teen's Instagram post. They catch Gregor Jesk crashing his car into a telephone pole and flying through the windshield. He then, like, snaps his bones back into place and goes and steals some guy's dirt bike uh, while screaming Nadja's name. 
and drives off. It's then 10.31 p.m. Um, and Gregor has shown up on the vampire house's lawn and he's calling for Nadja. She wakes up and she goes outside to see him. Jesk? Nadja, I heard you call. My destiny has brought me here. It is to be with you. Jess, you shouldn't be here. My husband lives here. He is a very big, wide man. He loves to bite. Yes. And he's like, our destiny can't be denied. Meanwhile, Laszlo comes from around the corner and he goes, who's this, my darling? A gentleman caller? Nadja's like, no, this is just my friend from the park. We're hanging, having a quick catch-up. Gregor says, I am here for Nadja. Laszlo says, Nadja is my wife. I should cut your head off. Nadja's like, oh, Laszlo, no need to do that. Laszlo says, I always have. Gregor and Nadja say, wait, what? Laszlo says, I know who you are. Outward appearance may have changed. The pattern remains the same. You get reborn. You try to find her. I cut your head off. And then we cut to the artwork that's been from all of the times before where it shows Gregor getting his head cut off. And then we see like Laszlo as the one cutting his head off. But we just haven't seen that in frame yet. And then I just it, this is a Rockula reference. This is what happens in Rockula. Is it? I've never seen Rockula. Yeah, Rockula. He is looking for his one true love. He falls in love with her every time, and she gets killed. I think decapitated every time. <laughs> That's awesome. She gets hit with a ham hock, and then like decapitated by somebody with a rhinestone peg leg. If I remember correctly. <laughs> So they start going over all of uh, Jask's other lives, and um, what do we call it? First, Gregor Jask is like, when I was a street thief, Lazo says, I had the cleaver in my hand. We see that in the artwork. Then Gregor's like, when I was a naval officer, I was on board the ship with, with a cutlass. When I was atop the horse in the battlefield, yeah, yeah, that was me. The Amazon explorer, guess who tipped off the natives? When I was a mouse, I was a cat. When I was a washerwoman, we can do this all night. Gregor says, really? Nadja says, you're an evil genius. Lazo explains that every time Gregor shows up, Nadja starts crying, and he won't have that, because she's his sweet baby. Nadja's very moved by this. That is sweet. I can't lie. That is, that is, that is very sweet. Mm -hmm. well, you know, it is a music. I agree. Uh, Gregor says, well, this is fucked up. Lazo says, should we get on with it? And Nadja says, no, let him have at least one full life. Uh, Lazo tells him to scram, and Nadja says, uh, maybe in the next life. Winky face. Lazo reveals he has a he has sculptured Nadja in the shrubbery and like she's like it's the most beautiful one ever Gregor gets on his bike and leaves and he gets decapitated by the wire that's attached to the shrubbery so he still gets decapitated even in this life yes uh, Nadja picks up his head thanks him for the lovely times and says see you soon then we cut to Guillermo helping Nandor get ready for bed Nandor is asking if he's alright Guillermo says he's just tired and Nandor asks him what were the results of his DNA test he says very typical Mexican and like Nandor finishes with him pi pinata farmer. Yes, you know, come on, it's very important to be a pinata farmer. Like, someone needs to raise those pinatas. <laughs> raise those colorful donkeys. Yes, that's what it was. It's called donkey. Yeah, it's nothing to be ashamed of. <laughs> nothing at all. Come on, someone needs to do it. It's a very important job. <laughs> Yeah. And Nander then reams a Guillermo out for the holy water again. And as he's reaming him out, he gives him, like, a boop on the nose, which I love because I do that to Raj constantly. <laughs> I just, like, will randomly, like, reach out and just boop his nose all the time. And he hates it, but loves it at the same time. <laughs> Nandor also says that uh, it's minus one demerit point for Guillermo. That means one more year as his familiar. 
Good night. And Guillermo's just like staring at him. And he's like, Guillermo, are you having a serious thought? And Guillermo's like, no. And he's like, yeah, probably not. Good night. Guillermo blows out all the candles. He takes the wooden stakes back to the Amazon box, but then he picks up three in his hands and he looks at them uh, contemplatively. He then shivers and throws them. And each one of them pierces a picture of the three vampires straight through the heart. Yeah. He just stares at the camera and he's terrified. We then cut to the outside of the house and ravens begin to swarm the outside of the house. That's the end of the season. So I absolutely love the show. I think that the comedic beats are hilarious throughout it. I not just my favorite. Lazo's also amazing, but I just I love every single character in the show. I find it hilarious. Um, they also do. I think the writing is so great because they have these small references to things, and they just come back either in this season or in the next. Uh, in the next season, Guillermo really struggles with uh, him becoming a vampire-like slayer, and he ends up killing a whole bunch of vampires in the next season. And there's just, like, so many really great things in this series. So, happy you enjoyed it, because I did. I wanted to like it, but I just couldn't. Like, I didn't, didn't laugh. Nothing's better than when you think something's going to be terrible, and then you end up enjoying it. You're like, yay, I found something good. I didn't expect it. This didn't, this didn't do it. Um... Like, I'm just getting annoyed at how dragged out it felt. Like, like, I think I was, I don't know if I said this earlier when we were talking on the finals, like, they have a joke and they don't let go of it after, like, I'm like, okay, I get it. And they say it, like, three, four more times, like, in the same little clip. I'm like, all right. Um, and the whole, like, you know, like, if I can, if I, if I can see it coming, I can't, I don't laugh. I'm like, all right, they're gonna, this is probably what's going to happen. Yeah, this is probably what's going to happen. Yeah. And this, the thing I did like about it, and what I do like about it, would be the, um, the references to other vampire movies. In fact, I like that every time I call one of those, they just call it the Rockula one, which is crazy to be staring me in the face. And that's like a long, or an, or an arching one. And it took too long to come back to like the interesting things. Because Jenna's interesting, even the Gregor Jess is interesting. And he comes back now, or he comes back maybe an episode, and then now. And, and his argument, Jenna, and, uh, you see her in episode one, episode two, she gets turned, and you don't see her again until like episode six or something, or seven or eight, or whatever it is. <laughs> it's just like, it's long for interesting, the things I found interesting to come back and then, like, what they're doing in the meantime is pointless. All the other episodes set something up, so it's not pointless if you continue with the series. I, I know you won't, but... Well, it's- well there, is a, there is a, the windows is cracked. It's up to you, listener. I would listener. love to hear what other people like or dislike about the series. Yeah, please let us know because I am I'm at it. Like it's one of those things where I like I had more I had a better time in hearing you explain it than watching it. The joy that you had telling me what happened was better than me actually sitting through it and watching it all. Okay, well maybe you needed to watch it with me. <laughs> maybe I would have liked it a bit more. Yes, Ouch. Because I enjoyed it that way. I didn't enjoy it actually when it was on in my TV with me sitting in front of it and watching it. Well, I think it's hilarious. The only thing that I would have changed was the citizenship lot. Otherwise, I wouldn't have changed anything about it. For you, I feel like you're like, I would change everything about this. I wouldn't change everything. I would change. I would have made it shorter. It didn't need to be 10 episodes. Um, maybe a, a tight eight would have been good, maybe seven. Because um, even though the werewolves will probably come back in another season, I'm gonna guess season two. That whole episode was no other reason. The whole thing with the oh, that has to come back. That was like the whole thing with the with the Baron was all of it was like oh, it was like the red herring of the season. Oh no, he's gonna kill us. They spent four episodes worrying about them having to conquer Staten Island for nothing. So I don't know. I would I would just, I, all I would do honestly was just make it shorter. Instead of ten episodes, make it like do it eight or six. 
Plus, I'm not just it's like a tight, I'm just tighten it up, just shorten some things out, like those stretch over the mattress, and eliminate, eliminate, eliminate Nandor and Inkis books. No! Eliminate them. No, you can't get rid of Guillermo. I can get Guillermo from Nando's just a walking accent. I, he annoys me any chance he gets, and um. <laughs> No. I, I love Guillermo. I wouldn't say that I love Nandor, but I do. I enjoy him. He has some good moments. And I would keep Guillermo, but he would just be the familiar for Nadja and Laszlo. Nandor, gone. Out there a lot. Get rid of him. Banish him out of the show. Not just out of his country, but banish him from here too. Just banished. No. I. Yeah, there's not a single actor that I'm just like, no, don't like them. I think that all the actors do a great job with the material that they're given. I'm fine with the actors. I just, I like, I don't want to give rid of the actor that plays Nando. I want to give rid of the character of Nando. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, I think that, like, all the performances are really solid and really great. I, Nadja, like, that actress commits. Is that's the best one on the show. Razzle's real good. Tyler Robinson is good just because he plays boring to a team. Mm-hmm, yeah, but I, I love all of them. Um, what would you rate this? I might actually. I think I might go higher than you're thinking. Mm-hmm. I think I might go four actually. <laughs> okay. It's me. It's because uh, I did like Nadja. I did like Jenna. Um, and Lazo. And I did. And I loved. I literally love all the callbacks. Uh, not the callbacks. All the references to all the Easter eggs to vampires. And somebody that's missing to like trivia and stuff. Like he's like, oh, that's from here. Oh, that's from here. Oh, that's from here. And then like the deep cut ones, like just from the trial one. And they're like, oh, this is from Buffalo Still Gone. Oh, you're the vampire player. This is crazy. You know, it's just. And even like Emma Rachel Wood. Right? Mm-hmm. No, Trouble, but she wasn't really the main character. You kind of had to know these things. You know, I'm going to look them up. And even though, and even if they didn't come from anywhere, like even if you didn't know they came from anywhere, they still use they use their actual name, not like the name they had in a, whatever movie or show. They were. So I was like, that's that all jumped it up a few a few notches for me. So I was like, four, a solid four. All right, that's better than I was expecting from you. I told you, they could be higher than you think. They could probably be like a two or something, but no. Yeah. Okay, solid. Um, well, I am completely in the opposite direction of you. I I would say this is nearly like a perfect series for me. I freaking love it so much. It's almost up with Shit's Creek for me, which I have rewatched. I don't even know how many times. I just put that show on every single day. Um, so yes, I love the show. I will dock point five for the citizenship thing and I, I agree like sometimes they do repeat the jokes a bit too much um but yeah i'm only deducting 0.5 for that and thus it is a 9.5 for me i love this show and i love season two even more i think because like my vague memories of it, it it gets even better and more hilarious and i can't wait for season three they're supposed to be filming it once lockdown finishes so excited um, so that brings us to our combined scores equals 67% for this series. I, and I'm probably aware I'm in the minority in this because every, every time we've mentioned the Wind Rovers in the Shadows, we get a whole bunch of yays and applause. So, you know, yeah. it's just me. I have no soul in the I'm like a government employee. Who just Wait, are you in tech or are you in government? Like... I'm in tech, but I'm like a It's like an icebox where my heart used to be. It's just. Um, <laughs> Oh, man. Well, okay. Do you want to tell the people what comes next? Yes, I am. Very excited. There's only maybe like two vampire things that made me more excited than this, but I'm very excited to go to a vampire movie franchise, Fright Night franchise. So we're going to watch all four, count four Fright Night movies. This is where we kind of bunch the numbers a little bit. Because two came out in the 80s, and they remade them, and two came out in the 2000s. 
Spawn movies for the franchise. Taha, we got around our, little, our own rules. So. Yes, and I have not seen a single one of these movies. The closest thing that I have gotten to seeing these movies is, I think, when the remake of Fright Night came out with Colin uh, Farrell. Oh, too many Collins. Um, anyways, uh, I'm thinking this one too. It's just <laughs> yeah. Um, but when that came out, I think I saw the trailer then, but I haven't seen it since. So that's the closest thing I've gotten to seeing Fright Night. I am excited to give it a try. I know that John really liked it when he saw it. So yeah, I'm very excited because it's hidden a couple things for me. One, I like vampire movies, and there aren't that many vampire franchises. They just aren't. They're usually going on. So we have this one. We have from Dust Till Dawn, which I door and we have um underworld which i like on the door but I, I do like it a lot and there's probably one or two that i'm getting but this hits a couple spots vampire movies which i love 80s movies 80s horror movies which i fucking adore i love 80s horror movies but from the 80s born in 79 so of course there's the entire 80s <laughs> and cut my teeth on 80s slashers what got me into horror so just me watching eight cheesy 80s horror is great and i've seen the first both first one so i saw the right night the original in 80 whatever and i saw the remake when that came out i haven't seen either sequel and it's either fright night too so it's gonna be then that's where i'm gonna fall into these new ones you know i remember really liking fright night as a kid yes I'm excited for it. I, I realize that you definitely did your trope of every episode. You you missed a name. I did yeah, not did say it. I did not it. mention the ring. Now I did. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, no, it doesn't count. It doesn't count. Yeah, them. So next time you got to mention the ring multiple times, which you've done. And then um, mm -hmm. I don't know what songs you're going to sing. Maybe an 80s song. So you're going to 80s. We'll, we'll pop in some Cindy Lauper after one. Yes, we can just, yeah, we figure out some Tiffany, maybe. Um, <laughs> Think we're alone now. Exactly. <laughs> Eddie Gibson's the other one that would always be those confused when I was a child. Don't think I know them. They're basically the same person. Okay. Um, yeah, they're like the Robin Sparkles of America. <laughs> oh, I, the other day I was saying, uh, let's go to the mall to Raj, and he had no idea what I was talking about because he's never seen How I Met Your Mother. Uh, okay. <laughs> so I had to explain the whole thing to him, and I'm like, okay, so, um, oh, fuck, now I can't remember her name in Marvel, Agent. Um, she is, she is somebody, um... To, like wow. it's not gonna come to me in my mind it's a blank completely but anyways so i was like yeah the she's from marvel that lady she's in how i met your mother and she's a canadian pop star he's like what the actual fuck yeah, come on you know her she's robin sparkles you know robin sparkles yeah you don't i would play it off that way but you don't know that come on but like i can't play it off that way because raj grew up in sri lanka <laughs> but anyways all right, friends, thank you for coming on this journey with us. I hope you enjoyed this series more than Jeff did. I know I did. Um, let us know. Join us in the Facebook group or on Instagram. Give us your feedback. Uh, you can find us at Series of Horrors Podcast. Yeah, so if you want to send us uh, like a little more secret private note that doesn't, that don't want to be so public, we will slide into our DMs. Or you can just send us an email at seriesofhorrors at gmail.com. Also, if you can, and I would love you guys for it, if you could just tell a friend to tell a friend to tell a friend, you know, uh, get the word out there, maybe leave us a nice little cool five-star review on whatever you watch us on or, or listen to us on. You're not watching us, I hope. But if you listen to us on whatever odd service you use for us, it'd be great. Just a little review, maybe get the word out there, get more people on this franchise ride with us. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we'll just build our fan base in Montana. <laughs> Exactly. We're, we're, we're real big in Montana. Just if you're, so if you're one of our friends in Montana, thank you. Appreciate you. I see you.
Jesse is you, and he tells me about you. We've run down to zero listeners in my hometown. Thanks, friends. Thanks for listening. You're not even going to hear this because you don't listen. Yeah, I'm down to zero in Orlando where I'm at. So, yeah, it's not like I'm doing any better. My friends have abandoned us, too. So, it's okay. Even my boyfriend doesn't listen to us anymore. I'm so sad. That's it. That's it. I don't know. I don't know what you should say something. I don't know. Silent treatment tonight. I don't know what's just all right well we will see you next week with friday night yes can't wait uh, next week friday night then friday night two and friday night and then friday night two again yeah. <laughs> 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 see you next week bye now. bye